This week on Out Now with Ernie, we're doing a double feature, Zombieland colon Double Tap and Maleficent colon Mistress of Evil. What if there were zombie fairies? I am Aaron, and Abe is, he's on his way. This show is going to go, we'll see what happens, but Abe is on his way, so hopefully he'll get here soon enough. Anyway, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler for your review, then jump back to other fun movie topics. This is episode 382, 382, and speaking of twos, we have a double episode this week. We are talking both Zombieland, colon, Double Tap, as well as Maleficent, colon, Mistress of Evil. The sequels to both of these films, one five years in the making and one ten years in the making, which should be all kinds of fun or something. Um, joining me this week to discuss Maleficent and Zombieland 2, we have, from Geeks of Doom, a real beastie. It's Michael Lee. Hello, I'm ready for some more zombies. <laughs> and also joining us from Nerd Reactor, don't call him a homer, it's Mark Paces. Brains. <laughs> What's up, man? How are my two favorite detectives doing this evening? Doing great. Uh, How are you, man? Pretty good. I'm I'm good. Glad to have you guys back here. The last time we had you guys on together, it was for um detect Pokemon Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Pika Pika. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Glad to have you guys here. Of course, as I mentioned, Abe will hopefully be joining us soon. But first. Let's get to some show notes. Uh, first up, it is October, and we've been doing these fun October horror-themed episodes all month long. We've had a Haunted House-themed uh, episode. We've talked about horror scenes and non-horror movies. And just this week, we released our Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs episode, where we, my Abe and I, along with Professor Mike Dillon, talked all about the 1991 Wes Craven feature, The People Under the Stairs, which uh, holds up quite well. But you should listen to that episode to hear us talk more about it. Um, and yeah, we still have other things in store for this series of horror films. We're recording another one this week. I won't reveal what it is as of yet, but it is a good one. And uh, we will be recording our commentary track for the month, which ties into this whole horror theme thing. Of course, uh, we'll be doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original 1974 Toby Hooper film. Um, so that's going to be really cool as well. Uh, yeah, so we got two more cool bonus horror episodes. And all that just comes for free. I mean, we just do it. We just put it out there for you guys into the ether. And you know what you guys can do to help us out? You can log on to iTunes. Search for our show out and out there, and Abe. Give us a rating and review. That'd be great. Thank you in advance. And uh, let's see. What else? Dude, I thought I had something else. That's it, really, as far as show notes go. But I have a question for Michael. Michael. Yes. You just got back from Tokyo. Yes. And Hakone and Kyoto. Those are other places in Japan. I am intrigued by this, and <laughs> yes. I want to know more about that. What cool stuff did you see over there? Aside from all the Disneyland stuff, uh, two parks and there's Disneyland and uh, DCC. I went to all the. I tried to go to all the anime stuff, which uh-huh. includes Gundam and Pokemon and Perfect. SquareSoft. Okay. Good so, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw Godzilla, Shin Godzilla, at least. You saw Shin Godzilla. Oh, you say. Where, where did you you're see? You're talking about. Yeah, the Shin Godzilla statue. 
talking up to Aaron's alley right yeah. here. <laughs> where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was the Shin Godzilla statue? It was in a district of Tokyo, and when I was there, it was like right next to a theater and a dim sum restaurant. Oh, of course. <laughs> where else? And <laughs> no one seems to care about it. I'm not like in that kind of sense, but like birds just can land on it. They're not even frightened of this thing. It's just Godzilla. It's just Godzilla. I'm just going to land on its snout and just like chill over there for a while and then fly off later on. But yeah. Well, but no, cool. it's, it's a pretty cool statue. So well, cool. I think there are a lot more. We, we talked about, we talked about this. Uh, there, there are some other places within Tokyo where there's other Godzilla uh, memorabilia and stuff like that. So I didn't get a chance to see Godzilla. What else, what else did we see? You, saw, you, saw, you, said, you said Gundam, you said Square Square. I what, what's saw the Gundam statue. Mm-hmm. It was not the original, uh, the first model. It Which was the unicorn Gundam. It does make me sad, too, because I'm surprised they didn't go with the other variations, like Gundam Wing or anything like that. The, the ones that I actually grew up with, they just skipped over a bunch of series and like straight to the most recent one or i don't know where unicorn gundam comes from but yeah and then i went to the pokemon center which yeah. is really really cool um they have this whole wall dedicated to like all the games that were released under the pokemon name uh i did not get to go to the cafe because uh i forgot to make a reservation and i was really disappointed because the food looks good there so yeah and make sure if you go to Squaresoft, and I made a reservation for Squaresoft, but if you do go there, uh, make sure the food is good, like that you could actually like it, because they change between the games. And um, I was hoping to get there when Kingdom Hearts came out, but they changed it to Dragon Heart or something like that. Dragon. I don't know what, what the Dragon, Dragon Quest franchise. and they had nothing I liked. And yeah, so I ended up eating like fries and like these weird sausages. So, like, okay, whatever. Not doing this again. <laughs> Obviously, there's ramen. There's a place called Ichiran Ramen, and they serve your ramen bowl to you in like these booths. So it's like perfect for introverts. Like I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to focus on my food. <laughs> and you have to make sure you save up enough yen for capsule. I regretfully did not save any of my yen for any of the capsules. Uh, I only had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a Spider-Man one, and that's about it. Yeah. All right. A lot, of hi- a lot of hiking, too. So do not stop for anything and make sure you're you're strong enough to do nonstop stuff because there's no time to sit around and relax. You have to take everything in and keep on moving. Well, cool. Based off uh, right. the the many different things you were putting up on Instagram or what have you, it sounds like you had a really cool time. I saw a lot of cool things. So, uh... Well, at the end, I got caught in a typhoon, and that's a whole other story. <laughs> I mean, it that's happens. right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you made it back safely, so it's you know aside from you the, make it back safely. aside from the feature adaptation of your journey through a typhoon. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everything else you know panned out pretty well. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. 
Well, cool. Well, thank you for sharing some 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 Tokyo experiences with us. Uh, let's move on. Let's get to some. Uh, let's get to some know everybody. We we can try to ask each other a question to try to set the, try to set the tone for the podcast. I better get to know everybody. Uh, I have a question for you guys. Getting back into the scheme of things that we're talking about today, would you rather fight one big tree creature or one hundred fast zombies? Oh, tree creature. Uh, tree creature like. Enchanted tree creature or like Groot tree creature? <laughs> Which in one terms of this ever, movie, whatever I, you want. I think in terms of this movie, I wouldn't fight the giant enchanted tree creature. Do we see them get angry in that movie? Like they, they certainly, you know, they have to deal with some stuff. I yeah, mean, they, they have. They do take the, out some some foos at one. They. Point. I mean, they have the resting bitch face, so you know. Yeah, always I look angry. That. They're not as aggressive, but yeah, I would say they will do things. I don't want to get into spoilers, but they'll... Yeah, they'll... For sure. They're, they're more like Ents, it seems. Like, they're pretty calm until pushed yeah. to the limit. Like, that seems mm-hmm. like... That. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good way to put it. Like, Groot's more... He's just good in a fight. Like, if you need Groot to get into some business, he's going to get into some business. Like, he's going he's gonna to start handling yeah, exactly. it. Especially yeah, kinda... adult Groot, for sure. Yeah. They kind of remind me of the tree, uh, tree creatures and tree beard from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the ants. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. the yeah. wow! Shows you how much I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tree beard. Yeah. Tree beard and his and his friends or his yeah. companions or his tree brethren. Let's go with that. Tree brethren. Yeah, <laughs> they they gotta have a meeting before they actually start doing something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, as for me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty fast. <laughs> 100 fast zombies versus one tree creature. Um, yeah, I, I go for the big tree creature. It just seems like you can move around it quicker. I don't know. I guess you just get fire. Fire is probably the best way to solve that situation, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. In terms of, zo- wait, what kind of zombies did you say these would be? I said 100 fast, fast zombies. zombies, yeah. Okay, hundred pass on me. Okay, never mind that. Okay. Yeah, that, I did. I did stack the odds against you in that second choice. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that does seem like a difficult thing to overcome versus a one giant big tree creature. Tree creature. And it's easier for you to, you know, kind of move past them, and, uh, you know, you can climb up on, you know, their leg, and they can't find you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Climb up. They're like, and they can't find you. That one of those. It's like, now it's become Shadow of Colossus. Like that's that's the situation we've entered this one. Anyway, with all that said, that's how we play. No, everybody. Let's move on now. Let's get some out now quickies. To get each week and out now we have one main movie that we talk about. Those are movie three weeks now. The quickies. To get, all right, let's do this. Uh, Mark, let's start with you. What other movies have you seen recently? I saw The King yesterday, which was okay. This is the uh, uh, the David Michaud film with Timothy Chalamet. Yep, that exact one. <laughs> um, I mean, visually it was amazing, and it's more about, um, uh, oh my God, why am I blanking on his name? Um, Henry V. No, it's. I mean, he is a main character. Star. No, Joel Edgerton. It's more about oh, okay. his character than it is about Henry V because, okay. you know, he – Joel's character is the one that kind of brings him back into um, reality and kind of reminds him of the kind of person that he was bef- 
before he was a king because when he becomes a king he becomes much different than what he was but now you know with him you know back you know in his life he starts to remember a little bit more of what he was Mm -hmm. but you know um i mean i just didn't feel like i was more connected with joel's character than i was with uh timothy chalamet's henry v because you know he was so cold and so emotionless and so like void of any personality like i guess they put all the personality towards joel edgerton's character because he was you know the life of the party so to speak but one thing for sure henry the fifth haircut fire (laughs) oh man that bowl cut oh man that bowl cut is amazing by the way it is you know it was stunning (laughs) i want that haircut i'm gonna get that haircut soon (laughs) so you got the king what else you see uh, I saw Judy just literally three hours ago. Uh-huh. Uh, Judy, mm-hmm. I really liked. Uh, I'm a huge Wizard of Oz fan, and you know, I grew up with it. I loved, you know, the story, and then I know of Judy Garland, like most of you guys, because of Wizard of Oz. And it was kind of heartbreaking to see that, you know, Wizard of Oz is the one movie that kind of pushed her towards a life of, you know, drugs and alcohol because, you know, the Hollywood studios back in the day had a lot of power. So they were, you know, imposing their will on all these like young actresses. And, you know, it's just kind of sad to see that, you know, because of this one movie that was, the start of her life, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of hard to see because, you know, I love that movie so much, but then, you know, um, at some point she does sing, um, somewhere over the rainbow and she starts, you know, you know, to get emotional, but then you see like everybody start to sing along with her. And then she sees, you know, the impact that that movie has on everybody mm-hmm. and she becomes like happy again. And that kind of made me feel personally like, okay, all right. So I don't feel as bad about this anymore, but you know, her life is just interesting to say the least. And Renee Zellweger is great in it. She was phenomenal in it. And um, yeah, that's those two are the only ones I'm seeing other than the two that we're about to talk about right now. Sure. Yeah, that no, sounds good. Mike, what else have you seen recently? Yeah. Well, some TV stuff I've watched only Marvelous Ms. Maisel. I just started on that. Um, but since we're talking about movies, I saw Jojo Rabbit. And I thought that was really amazing. It's uh, For me, it's really high up there along with uh, Parasite. Uh, in the boy, Roman Griffith Davis, is just phenomenal in this. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I know this is his first one, but he uh, feels like he's been doing this forever. I, I just am amazed at what he's able to do in this movie, um, how he's able to like, develop as a character. And uh, Taika is just 
hilarious. I, I couldn't, could not stop laughing at uh, his version of uh, Adolf Hitler, who pops up like some sort of puppet at some children's educational show. Uh-huh. So he'll be there like at the worst possible moment, like unexpectedly, and he'll give some sort of advice as bad as it is. And it's like, that's like something you would see on Sesame Street, but this is more dark and twisted. But overall, um, you can understand why Adolf Hitler may be like that because oh, this is a child's like perspective. This whole thing takes place from Jojo's point of view. So he doesn't understand the world like outside mm-hmm. of what he's been through and he hasn't had a chance to like actually be a kid. So knowing that and seeing how he develops again, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. So Scarlett Johansson's great. Uh, Sam Rockwell, I think I would like to see like some sort of side movie off of him. His character just funny. Um, him and Alfie Allen, they're like just their yeah. thing they have going with each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. You, you know, it's funny. And, like, uh, I don't want to talk too much about JoJo because I think Abe and I might talk about it on another episode, but... Um, I, yeah, yeah, I, sure, definitely. I, yeah, but I do agree with a lot of what you're saying, and I do think the the young actor, what's it, Thomas? Um, it's three names, McKenzie. Yeah, no, 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 no sorry, not Tom. No, Roman Griffin Davis. Roman Griffin Davis. Uh, Thomasin. Tom Thomasin oh, McKenzie. Yeah, Roman Roman Griffin. Griffin. But yeah, I, yeah, what I it's something I've noticed in Taika's films. Like I'm a huge fan of Hunt for the Wilder People, and I like Boy a lot as well. Like he's he's very good with with child actors, and there's a lot of directors that, there's, sorry, there's only so many directors that really seem to get like really specific kinds of performances out of kid actors. And Taika seems to be one of them. Like he, he's made a number of films yeah, now that yeah. star kids in the lead role. And he's, he seems to be very good at doing that. So it's a, it's, it's great to see, especially for a story like this that relies so heavily off of a very specific perspective that you're seeing as far as the, you mm-hmm. know, the war goes and the horrors that come with it. So. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But that's all I've been, that's all I saw so far. Um. All right. I've seen a number of things. I'm not going to go through all of them into detail, but yeah, Jojo Rabbit did come out this week, and yeah, I saw it a few weeks ago, but it's certainly you know worth your time. I <laughs> I would say the same about the Lighthouse, although it's certainly more specific for an audience. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's very much so. Like even like even the Witch, I feel is more commercial than the Lighthouse is, but I do like that. And we talked about the Witch. I we remember did. when we talked yeah, about you were on that episode. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Robert Eggers, I like that he's just like, well, my first one was a hit, so let me just do whatever the hell I want to. And A24 is like, yeah, whatever. And they made, they gave him this movie, and it's weird, and it has two really good performances, but it's essentially just about watching two people go crazy, uh, which I already talked about a little bit, so I don't need to go too far into that. Uh, but yeah, The Lighthouse is out on a few screens now as well. Um, other movies that I've seen recently this week. Uh, first up, I saw Uncut Gems, the upcoming movie from the Safdie brothers. We'll probably talk more about this later on, but this movie is a ride, and I was very happy to be on it. Um, I also saw Dolomite Is My Name, uh, the Eddie Murphy film about Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, actually, Dad's Movie Corner. I took hit. I took him to it for his birthday because he loves Eddie Murphy, and he really wanted to see this Dolomite movie because he, he grew up watching Dolomite, um, and uh, he really enjoyed it. He had a great time. I had a great time, too. 
it's a very like enjoyable film that puts Eddie Murphy back just in prime Eddie Murphy form where just him being on screen is funny. Like that's the best thing about it. Eddie Murphy. He just like radiates humor. Um, but it's also a very sweet story. Like it's written by the guys that wrote Ed Wood and man on the moon among other things. And it has the same kind of vibe as like an Ed Wood where it's just this biopic about this guy who's eternally optimistic, wants to be a star and goes through whatever crazy things he can, where he creates this Dolomite character that's outrageous and has a very specific kind of comedy act. Then he eventually is like, all right, let's make a movie with this character. And it becomes this like ragtag group of kids or guys like trying to make this movie. And it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun to be had in Dolomite. I was a big fan. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, Queen and Slim I saw this week. I don't think I really, really say much about it as of yet. So I'll just say, yeah, I saw it. And um, the other thing, uh, the San Diego Film Festival was this week. So my lovely girlfriend and I were able to go down to San Diego and see a couple films there. Uh, we saw The Kill Team. Uh, this is with uh, Alexander Skarsgård and Nat Wolf. It is about... Uh, I want to be correct in this in which thing I say. Hold on. Uh, these soldiers in Afghanistan, uh, they get a new, like, command of their of their unit is played by Alexander, Alexander Skarsgård and he's basically finding ways to indiscriminately kill Afghanis uh, and that's not good uh, that wolf is kind of taken under his wing and it becomes this kind of like what if whiplash but with the army uh, where he wants to like impress this guy but he's also pushing him really hard uh, except you know instead of pushing and testing moral fiber it's about like morality and murder uh, so it's uh it's interesting. It's based off a true story. The director Dan Krause, he made a director, he made a documentary out of this, and now he's made he's adapted that documentary into this movie. Um, it was so it was all right. Like I, I thought that they, it had some issues, but I think Skarsgård is very good in it. Um, yeah, so there's, there's some stuff to recommend there, um, but like not great. Uh, we also saw Motherless Brooklyn, uh, the Edward Norton directed, Britain starring, produced, catering, uh, film, all of those. He did all those things. Um, uh, it's a detective story. It comes out a couple weeks from now. Um, you know, same week as Terminator. Um, it's adapted from a popular novel. It's got what Bruce Willis, Alec Baldwin, Willem Dafoe, Gugu Mbatha-Raw, among others. Um, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I I know the reviews have been kind of like a little mixed on this. Uh, I can't say it was like amazing, but I certainly liked it. I really liked the vibe. I liked what Norton was going for. I like Norton in general, so it's nice to see him like in a big lead role. Um, yeah, no, I. I, I enjoyed this one. I, I thought it was well done. And the score's really good, too. I really like the score. And, um, yeah, anything else I can mention? I just watched the Watchmen pilot on HBO, the full thing, and I was really into it. I'm really <laughs> oh, I need to watch that. I'm watching it after this. So, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it was quite strong. Like, I, um, I'm a big fan of the graphic novel. Like, I was obsessed with that back in the day. And so, like... The movie came out, and it's like, all right, there's things I like about it, there's things I don't like about it, but like the 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 Alan Moore's novel, it's like the it it's a it's a story I really like was into, and so seeing this new take on it that up it's not like it's just it's set in a time period after the events of that graphic novel. That's a really cool take, and I'm into it, and I'm into like what the story's doing so far. And all right, that's a that's a no quickies. So yeah, let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk where we talk about some of the newest movie trailers, when they're coming out, what we thought of it, and what have you. We got a couple this week. For a very specific reason, because they're both kid-friendly adventure films um, <laughs> involving boats, it would seem. Uh, the first is Jungle Cruise. 
This is the upcoming adaptation of the Disneyland theme attraction, Jungle Cruise. It stars Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt as a riverboat captain and a scientist who's searching for something magical. I don't, whatever. They're on a Jungle Cruise. That's, that's what's going on. Uh, a lot of people in here, Edgar Ramirez, Jesse Plemons, Paul Giamatti, among others. Uh, it's directed by Young Colette Serra. Who's most known? Who's most known for directing Liam Neeson's like B-grade Hitchcocky films, uh, which <laughs> most of, most of which I like quite a bit. So um, now he's back. Now he's in Disneyland mode for some reason. Uh, Michael, let's start with you. What'd you think of the trailer for Jungle Cruise? I thought it was, you know, a nice start, way to start things. Uh, it's a teaser after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is Sarah's. Uh, Boat movie on of all the vehicles that we know so far. I <laughs> yeah, guess he's done trains and airplanes, and there's been some. He's people have driven in cars in his movies. You're not wrong. So. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> hoping for hoping for a spaceship in the next one. So if you're out there listening to this, <laughs> you have to direct a spaceship movie. But um, no, is a big fan he, of the show. Thought... So yes, he, he certainly heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i saw some of this at uh the d23 expo uh oh, i think yeah. mark can attest to this yeah, yeah. uh yeah uh, yep oh yeah because he was there too so mm-hmm. um we saw two different versions of this trailer all from different perspectives um but this one trailer it pretty much hits on all the same beats uh you've got the you know the the woman uh, Emily Blunt's character looking for the, this ancient mystical artifact, I guess, uh, and she has to rely on the sort of charming yet kind of down on his luck and bumbling uh, sea uh, not sea captain river captain, and they go out and look for this object and all sorts of antics and hilarity happen and it just you know pretty much hits all those beats. So yeah. Mark, any other uh, thoughts on Jungle Cruise? I am so glad that you mentioned that because this trailer reminds me so much of The Mummy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, The Brendan Fraser, to... Rachel Weisz Mummy. Yes, that one. Because the whole premise of The Mummy is, you know, this young woman is trying to find an artifact and is loves exploring and then... You know, she hires this, you know, charming, you know, rogue, um, you know, man to help her, you know, get to her destination. Then when they get there, all crazy, you know, supernatural stuff happens. And then it's like, this is the exact same story beats as The Mummy. I mean, I'm not I'm not bashing it for it because I love the Brendan, the original Brendan Fraser uh, Mummy movie, like. I still watch it and it still holds up. And um, I loved all the jokes that they kept from the two uh, D23 uh, trailers, which, you know, I wish they kind of, I wish they kind of kept that same thing going because at D23, trailers. yeah, at D23, yeah. they showed, um, The Rock came out, Emily Blunt wasn't on stage. And they showed a trailer that was very, very rock centric and to the point where Dwayne Johnson's name is big. And then when they showed Emily Blunt's name, it's like really teeny tiny. That's fine. And then, uh, and then they did the reverse. with her. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then Emily Blunt comes out and then she's like, whoa, whoa, that's calling not the real trailer. Calling him out. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that's not the trailer. This is the trailer. And then it's a very Emily Blunt-centric trailer where, you know, Emily Blunt's name is really big. So but Dwayne Johnson's really teeny tiny. So it's like the marriage story of Jungle Cruise trailers? Exactly. <laughs> Although exactly. I have not seen Marriage Story, but yes. But they had two, they had the two different trailers for Marriage Story with Adam Driver in one for the most part and then Scarlett Johansson in the other. Oh, did they really? Yeah, they had See, two trailers. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. See why I wish they did that because that was that was a big highlight for me. That, that kind of maybe, maybe they'll do it later on as they keep the marketing going for this thing. Yeah, let's hope so because that one that one was really fun. I uh, I don't disagree with you guys. I'm into the trailer for this. Like that's it's a fun combo. You put Johnson and Blunt in a movie together, and I don't know what Colette Sarah's gonna do with this, but like I. I like a lot of his movies. I like his energetic style. What like the shallows were the non Liam Neeson one, but that one's like certainly trying to do something. What he can do with like a period adventure comedy, like sure, let's see what happens. Uh, and we keep talking about the Mummy. Yeah, it's a good template for an adventure comedy like today. Like it, it's weird that we can be nostalgic about 1999's remake of the Mummy, but you know what? That movie <laughs> works. That that that's a good movie to rip off if you want to rip off a movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, like, you know, lately, but like I said, it still holds up. Because it's, it's fun. still it's really a, fun. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Oh, yeah, because the characters yeah. are fun. That's a big it's part It's like of it. a period piece, too. So, yeah, you don't yeah. have to worry about aging. So, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But also, it's just like that cast is CG, fun. Like, they, like, they, like John Hanna, too. Like, there's a lot of fun people in that movie. Like, it's just really, it's got a great energy to it. And I can only hope that this movie has a similar kind of thing going on, which is certainly what they seem to be going for. I do like that a movie set in the early 20th century has a big, like, giant Samoan man playing a riverboat captain who just everyone's cool with. (laughs) It's like watching, like, Arnold be the sheriff of a small town in Phoenix. Like, it's like, all right, yeah, I guess that just adds, like, no one really questions this. That's just how we do things here. But it's Disney, it's a fantasy, so whatever. I can, you know, it's not not a a breaking point for me, the, the lack of... Yeah, of, of, of racial unacceptance going on in the early 20th century for a Jungle Cruise movie. Um, but no, yeah, it just looks like big big fun, big summer fun, so we'll see what happens. Um, it hits theater, Jungle Cruise hits theaters uh, July 24th, 2020. So, uh, yeah. So it's far. Be, it's going to be fun to see 2020. Like, that's just that's just It's supposed to come out this year, though. It was, yeah. It, got, it was supposed mm-hmm. to come out, like, this month, right? Like, October, wasn't it? Yeah, this month. Yeah, October, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but you know, we needed to get we need we needed Maleficent Mistress of Evil to come out now. Like this was just the right time. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what's our next trailer? Our next trailer is for the film formerly known as The Voyage of Doctor Doolittle, now just known as Doolittle, starring Robert Downey Jr. It's directed by Stephen Gagan, a man known for writing traffic and directing Syriana, who's now come down to direct Robert Downey Jr. in an adaptation of Dr. Doolittle. It features the voices of Emma Thompson, Rami Malek, John Cena, Kumail Nanjiani, Octavia Spencer, Tom Holland, Craig Robinson, Ray Fiennes, Selena Gomez, Mary Cotillard. That's a lot of people. And then you even have Antonio Banderas in here, among others. Uh, a lot of things. It seems to involve Dr. Doolittle being, like, eccentric and stuff and riding on ostriches and goes on a voyage to do something for Queen Victoria. Yeah, all that. Mark, where are you at with Dr. Doolittle? Or, sorry, just Doolittle. Um, okay, 
admittedly, I just watched this trailer right before I saw um, Maleficent, and I was like, WTF? Because I don't know. I you guys know how much I love Robert Downey Jr. and you know yeah you're just like Adam Pally in Iron Man three you have like a tattoo yeah. and you co- you you style your hair after him <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you know got the bubble I, going on the, yeah. oh yeah yeah all that all that but this one I don't know it's just it's just a lot of stuff but there's no there's nothing about the trailer that makes me like want to watch it it's just i don't know it's just a lot of like empty cg that's yeah i don't know all right michael what do you know what what are your thoughts on doolittle (laughs) well it says it says a lot of stuff without saying a lot of stuff that's my interpretation of it uh i don't know what this movie's about uh until i had to read the actual plot synopsis and I was like, okay, you couldn't mention, like, he has to go off and find a cure for this person at all. You just had to show a bunch of animals um, who don't speak. Actually, the tiger speaks, right? Yeah, it yeah. does. Um, yeah, that was it. And you don't even mention the large cast. You just say, Robert. I, I, I get Robert Downey Jr. is a big selling point, but... I mean, if you have this large eclectic cast like behind him, you don't even uh, want to mention like. I hear you. I mean, it's I don't a know. Te- it's a tease. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure there'll be plenty of character posters featuring Tom Holland as a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing glasses, by the way. Wearing okay, glasses. Like, that's, yes. That's glasses. <laughs> but, yeah. The poster uh, for this is nuts, by the way. Like it has all these animals. Uh, what's it? AV Club has a great article of ranking the animals on the Doolittle poster. That's pretty hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check that out. But yeah, it doesn't mention anything about the plot, which frustrated me the most. And to go back to what Mark said, I don't, if I don't know what's going on, to me, it's just empty CGI. There's like, it's no stole whatsoever. It's just Sherlock with, with a bunch of animals to me. That's all. Yeah. I, um, (laughs) this, this movie looks ridiculous and not in like a good way. Um, I, I I agree. I like Robert Downey Jr. At the same time, it's been a minute since I've seen a non MCU feature starring Robert Downey Jr. that I really liked because I hated the Judge. Um, <laughs> I remember that thing too. I, mm-hmm. I was on that. Uh, I was on that episode. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've got gotten all your hits this week, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, and I've not. I did not like uh, Due Date. And that narrows down the other movies he's done <laughs> outside the MCU in the past, like, ten years. Um, that's not true. Sherlock Holmes, Game of Shadows, I like quite a bit. I like his Sherlock stuff. What's weird to me is that this Doolittle character seems like it's really trying to be like Sherlock. Like, did anyone else get a Sherlock yes, vibe from I how feel. he's playing it? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It, it was, like, weird. It's like, what's what's this Doctor Do? Like, is he going to get into fights and stuff, too? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> like, I... I, I like the idea of an adventure film with Robert Downey Jr. as do like cool. Is it gonna be like Smarmy Downey Jr. talking to animals? I'm into that. That sounds cool to me. I don't know what this trailer showed me that was supposed to get me excited for it. And I'm aware that this movie cost like a bunch of money because they had to do like a bunch of reshoots and there's rumors of other directors stepping in. Um 
this is a January movie, and it costs like almost two hundred million dollars without marketing. Oh boy, I don't know what and, to think. <laughs> and I could have sworn there was a rumor that you know they just sold it to Netflix, or it's going to show up on uh, premiere on Netflix, kind of like how um, Warner Brothers did with um, Mowgli. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean. They Very lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a universal movie. Like, well, yeah, we'll see what. I mean, they're basically counting on Robert Downey Jr. along with eventually this cast once they decide to start saying that these people are in it. They're they're really <laughs> relying on that to be a huge selling point, and I can I can understand that. I just don't know what to think so far seeing this movie. There's one good part of this trailer though. It's Antonio Banderas. I don't know what he's doing, but he's shown for like a second, and he's like got shaved shaved head. Got his beard going. He's wearing like all gold. I don't know what that is, but like I'm into that. Like that's that looks cool. Like <laughs> I don't know what else to say there. But wasn't that wasn't that his look in painting? I mean, I haven't seen Painting Glory, but pa- Painting Glory he has he goes full beard. Oh, okay. Maybe you know after Painting Glory you're like you know what just shave a little bit of off the beard and then we'll just put you in that way. Yeah, this is what he looked. It was like shit. He was a uh... It was a well-rounded shape. Every every hair on his head was like the same length. It seemed, and again, <laughs> he was wearing all gold. Like it looked like a character from like, what's that Tarsum movie? Um, oh, that's gonna put. What's that Tarsum? Uh, what's what's the? Uh, oh, yeah. oh, the uh, the Wait one with uh, Superman, Immortals. No, not Immortals. No, the other one, the one before that. One, with, the one with um, the one with um, with Ronan the <laughs> Ronan from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, oh. The fall. There it oh, is. The fall. Oh. That's that's what Antonio Banderas reminded me. He looks like a character coming out of the fall. That's the reference I'm going for. Two thousand six is the fall, <laughs> which which made no money. <laughs> like has only critical praise. Um, <laughs> uh, regardless, Doolittle, a film that we're surely going to make fun of as much as Cats, uh, arrives in theaters January seventeenth. Uh, God. I I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. You're right. cats, cats is an cats. event film. We're gonna keep. Yeah. We're not gonna stop talking about cats. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. And not yeah. in a good way. You're Probably not, not in a good way. You. I'm, mark my words. We're gonna walk out of a screening for cats. And be like this movie was everything. I can't believe we spoke ill of it. It, d- it destroyed. It was the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one to admit when I'm wrong. I really hope. That you're right about that. I'll be happy to admit that I was wrong to prejudge cats. <laughs> um, but I, you know, we, have, we might be talking about something that we're prejudging in a, in a couple minutes here. Um, yeah. But let's, uh, well, yeah, okay. Do little January 17th. <laughs> that's when it's happening. Let's get to our first review now for Zombieland colon Double Tap. It's been 10 years since the zombie apocalypse. We're back again. And this dysfunctional family. Merry Christmas. Do you know what I would like? I don't give a fuck what you like. Has survived by using their wits. Please forgive me. It's fake fur. And by following the rules. Rules are for pussies. Nothing personal. How could that not be personal? That's like my whole thing. Yeah, you're right. It's personal. On October 18. What made you do it? And don't say the script. Can this be just between us? Drugs cost money. Didn't see that coming, right? New kind of zombies, stronger, faster, better adapted to the hunt. They are much more afraid of us than we are of them. 
You'll be the first to die, but I like your enthusiasm. You might die. Yeah, thank you for your sacrifice. From the director of Venom. Need a ride? Oh, yeah. And writers of Deadpool. Casablanca. Oh, God. Well, I think I would have made a damn fine president. I think those cigars were left over from the Clinton administration. Academy Award nominee, Woody Harrelson. Let's kick some dick. Academy Award nominee, Jesse Eisenberg. Right now? Right now. Academy Award nominee, Abigail Breslin. You don't have weed, do you? Boom! And Academy Award winner, Emma Stone. What the fuck? Zombieland Double Tap. Time to nut up or shut up. That thing's very 2009. <laughs> All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Zombieland Double Tap. It's been 10 years since we last saw Tallahassee, Columbus, Wichita, and Little Rock, but they've returned as essentially the same people in Zombieland. Double tap. That said, when Little Rock dares to explore the world outside of their home, currently the White House, the rest of the gang eventually go on the trip to find her, meeting several new characters along the way. They'll also be dealing with newly evolved zombies that are stronger, better, faster, stronger. Uh, Michael, I'm aware you did not get to get a chance to see Zombieland, correct? Uh, correct. But okay. I have some questions about it, so when well, you guys to talk, I'll, I'll, I'll ask. Sounds, sounds good. But, Mark, All right. you did get your chance to see Zombieland. What did you think of this sequel? Are, oh, let me, sorry. Were, are you Wait. a fan of the first Zombieland? What did you think of this sequel? I absolutely loved the original Zombieland movie, and I, I was kind of nervous about the second Zombieland because, A, most comedies that uh get a sequel many 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 years you know after the first one came out don't always end up good and so i and the fact that b the lack of marketing and you know hype around the film was basically non-existent um kind of worried me a lot but it it was worth it it was so worth the 10-year wait like it was not as good as the first one, but I did love seeing everybody back together, seeing um, Tallahassee and Columbus just like banter back and forth. Actually, just seeing Tallahassee on screen, period, um, is just a big plus because Woody Harrelson just has a lot of fun with the character. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just seeing him just go off and do his Tallahassee stuff is just fun to watch but um i'm just completely amazed on how they could introduce a new character that completely overshadows everybody else in the movie and that person is uh zoe deutsch deutsch dutch 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 Dutch. (laughs) she completely made the movie for me and you know her character is just is just so completely clueless and stupid but then somehow just still is able to survive the zombie apocalypse that's freaking funny to me i don't know why but that's just absolutely funny to me just have her talk like a regular, you know, like, um, 
like the stereotypical like Beverly Hills blonde, like oh my god, like you know selfie, you know stuff like that. It's just so funny to me, and you know, um, and also seeing. And this is from the trailer. Um, Luke Wilson and Thomas Middleditch, you know, play the complete opposite to Tallahassee and like uh, Columbus. Bangers. Yeah, pretty much. That one, that whole exchange was just, you know, really funny to me too. And you know, it's uh, it doesn't have the same. Uh, Zombieland Two doesn't have the same heart as the first one, but it's still really enjoyable to watch like i had a lot of fun watching it yeah that's it i um i've talked about zombie land at various points on this podcast because of basically because of the deadpool films and ruben fleischer's continued filmography um i like zombie land i don't love zombie land and honestly every time i've seen zombie land since initially seeing it it's kind of gone down in my estimation um Again, I still like the movie overall. I think it that movie was fr- fresh enough for its time as far as doing something a little bit different, just having like more fun um, and not kind of dwelling on certain other aspects. But that said, I'm a big zombie movie fan, and I do like my zombie movies to have a bit bit of meat on the bones, per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so making a movie that essentially feels like a sitcom, which it originally was meant to be just being like a TV show. It it only goes so far for me where like the, I like the jokes. I like the gags, but it doesn't like step up to me as far as being something that I need to keep revisiting. So I see zombie like double tap now and Mark, I'm glad that you liked the movie. I did not like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there are elements that work really well. I agree. I basically agree with everything you've said as far as the things that were highlights for you, because I do think like Zoe Dutch's character is very funny, which is it works just because of how bad that could have been. You introduce yeah. a character that's literally an airhead, and you have to somehow make that joke work for the entire movie. The fact that they can speaks well to like what they're able to do with that. Same things can be said for Luke Wilson, Middleditch, who were in it just enough. You get just enough of them to really get what the joke is there, and I think that stuff is fun. And, um, like, Rosario Dawson comes in, too. There's not much of her in this film, but her mm-hmm. and Tallahassee together, like, they have, like, a fun, like, they have fun stuff between them going on. Like, so it's, like, the cast stuff is, like, and, like, you know, having Her- Harrelson, Eisenberg, Breslin, Breslin has, like, very little to do. But Yeah, <laughs> but very, having, very little. Yeah, like, I, almost as if, like, they have no idea what to do with her. But meanwhile, Harrelson, Eisenberg, and Stone have, like, Harrelson became, like, more of a character actor in the ten years since, and Eisenberg, you know, and St- Stone's won an Oscar. Eisenberg uh-huh. has been nominated. Like, they've all became bigger stars in the time since. And so having them back together and doing the same thing, it's like, okay, that's, like, fun. I like seeing this cast together again. They get to do their thing. I, Eisenberg, I think, goes a lot, can go a lot of different ways for people. I... I tend to like him when he's an absolute jerk, and this movie he's supposed to be like <laughs> the hero. So it's just like he grates on me more than he does in anything else in this in this thing. Um, but I mean, aside from that, aside from like the cast being back together, like good on that. I just it never like rose for me. Like it just never felt like f- fresh enough. Like I I got the jokes that we're having, but the, none of them ever like really jumped to another level. And I don't know if it's just a writing thing or. 
more of like Fleischer's direction, which I think it kind of is because I think I just don't really like Ruben Fleischer. He feels like poor man Zack Snyder to me. I <laughs> I, I just I couldn't like get into it as much as I would have liked to because like I was in the mood. I wanted to watch it. I laughed at a number of things. Like I was getting some good chuckles, but like, getting to like the end of this, I was just like, well, what am I? what am I latching on to? What am I recommending in this? And I'm like, well, there's not much here. Like there's some good performances, but it's like, I'm not going to watch this again. Probably unless it's like on TV or something. I just, it didn't, it didn't take off for me. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and I completely agree with you on that part as well. I mean, you just, I just went for it for sure. a lot of the laughs and, mm-hmm. You know, the story really didn't do anything for me. Because there's, but... there's not much drive in it, right? They're just kind of yeah. like, I guess we got to yeah. find Little Rock now. And that's, yeah. that's and there's like, I guess there's a more dangerous zombie out there now. It's yeah. Like, All right. <laughs> I just, like the first one wasn't reliant on a super involved plot either. It's just like, we need to find Twinkies and find an amusement park. Like that was like the main plot yeah. of the movie. But, yeah, pretty much. But it, it worked like it had its own weird sense of anarchy where it worked like i don't know like even like at the beginning when they're like okay let's put on another metallica song and like have the opening credits play i'm like it already felt like tired it just i just felt like all right (laughs) doing this again cool what else you got there's some good action there's some good zombie action in this there's a one scene that's like a big long take that i really enjoyed like i thought that was pretty clever as far as the direction goes there's like i think i know yeah. I think I know which one you're talking about, but it's a spoiler, so I'm not gonna. You yeah, know, I don't need to go it. to But there yeah. is like a. It's des- It's obviously stitched together, but it's still like designed to look like a big single take of Harold and Eisenberg and Stone like all running around trying to yeah. deal with some zombie stuff. And it's like, okay, this is. I, I guess I don't know if I. I don't know if I wanted more of that or if I just wanted something else. But it just in spots it worked for me, but a lot of spots it's just kind of like, all right. Yeah. yeah. I- I mean, I think for me, it was, and I think it's pretty much just like the first movie. I think it was the journey sure. that I liked a lot, but, you know, the story, you know, is, it is what it is. But I think, I think coming, it's... If, if you're coming into it as a big Zombieland fan, which you said you are, like, I can understand yeah. it's working for you, because you're getting a lot of that again. Yeah. And, like, it's done well enough where it will pass for that, like, you know, that crowd. That's not me speaking down. It's just like, I just frankly don't seem to be as big of a zombie life as the people are. So it's like, all right. Yeah. Um, which is weird because, like, I'm like, I'm okay with the Deadpool films also. I mentioned that because it's Rhett Reese and Paul Warnick. They're like two yep. of the three writers. And it's like, those films are similar to me where just it feels like the gag aspect is there, but I'm just not. It's not full. It's not. It's not hitting me as well as it. As it seems to work for like other audiences. Let me stop for a second and say, Abe, are you here now? Have you just joined us? I. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't know what where I am now. We're talking about Zombieland right now. Did you get to see Zombieland? I think I'm in the wrong chat room. <laughs> I did see Zombieland. I saw. I saw all the. I saw both premieres from this weekend. What What did uh, you think of Zombieland? I mean, what didn't I think of Zombieland? I think it's like the best movie of the year. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I just, it, it's an original idea, right? I mean, super original. Not as though you've seen any of it before anywhere else. Um, what I thought about Zombieland is that it is, it's better than I thought it was going to be. However, it's a lot of the same recycled materials, and unfortunately, 
what really uh, irks me is that you're introduced to a new breed of zombies in the beginning, um, oh. including like a, a Homer zombie and then a um, uh, what's ninjas. the smart one? Ninjas, but well, ninjas the, I'll get to in a second. The T-800s. But... Well, the, no, no, there's like no, another the smart, one. What's the smart one? What was the smart one called? I forget. Uh, They're like Hawkins. the Michelangelo. Hawkins. Or... Yeah, Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah. Stephen Hawkins. Hawkins, yeah. And then you're introduced to this ninja, <laughs> which I thought was a cool concept, which they don't ever really touch upon ever again. They and then you get this, these did. T-800s. Was that Mark? They never did. Yeah. That yeah, was the they... one and only scene where they touched on the ninja zombie. And I thought it would have been cool to see more of those. You see the T-800s, and that's funny, but at the same time... You know, there, there's not really a whole lot there. What I what I liked about it is that, yeah, everybody's grown up. They kind of all are still doing the same stuff. Um, see, you see, bo- like, it, like, it's been 10 years and there's like, I That's get, what I was going to ask. I get you don't yeah, want to like, you, you, don't, you, don't want, you don't want to like rupture the status quo too much. But at the same time, it's like, it's been 10 years and the entire, like the writing of this movie just suggests like, it's the next day. Like, there's nothing that's changed about any of these. Not that like, they need to have significant changes, but it's like, sure. You could do something with this, and they just choose not to, and that got, that's kind of yeah. irritating. <laughs> I, I feel as though we're all on the same page. I, I haven't been here long, but it, I mean, is anybody, is anybody on the Mark, panel here I mean, today? Mark, Mark liked it more than I did. He, he was the but, but not loved it. Sure. Is that true, Mark? <laughs> I I like the first one better than this one, but yeah, I still exactly you know I still really enjoyed it for its entertainment value. I think that when they did introduce new people, that was fun. Um, you know, you have a scene in the trailers of Thomas Middleditch and, and uh, Luke, Wilson. Luke, Wilson. Luke Wilson. That's fun because it's something really different and it's kind of new. And also it takes longer than what I thought that it was going to take. Um, <laughs> and I was like, this is, this is kind of like a, a good little spin on things. Um, you know, there's another character, Berkeley, which I thought was just like, this is just a plot device to make something else happen in the movie. Um, you know what Berkeley reminded me of? Me? You think, uh, no, no. Yes, you. Yeah, I was like, why is Abe not in this movie? Um, <laughs> no, I kept thinking. It seems like they wanted to cast like Nick Jonas, and they couldn't get him, so they got this guy. Why would they choose like, Nick Jonas? Whichever. whichever I know what you mean. They, they wanted like a young, hip actor guy, right? Well, it, it just like the look they gave him made it seem like he's supposed to be like a Jonas, but they're like, well, we can't get him here, so we'll get some <laughs> random actor that you've probably not seen before to play this character instead. Yeah. Are you guys at the tail end of this of this review? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. I don't know how much we're, we could really. No, there, there's not that. a whole lot else. I mean, I, I think that my overall would be it's a rental. I, yeah. I mean, I as I said, like if you're a fan of the first Zombieland, there's stuff to enjoy here. I'm not Is there? Big... Yeah. I mean, yes. I, mean okay. All right. I believe you guys. I'll I'll listen back. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do I have anything else I want to say? The cre- the there's two end credit scenes. I mean, one's more essential than the other, but the first one is pretty hilarious. I thought. Wait, was... there's two? Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's I got the first one. The the, they're the, they're inconsequential, Mark. The the <laughs> okay. second one the second one's more of like an outtake than like a you know a narrative addition to which, the film. Yeah, which okay. I thought was pretty funny. Still, it's but... still pretty funny. But I mean, yes, I they're... I mean. I don't know. I, I thought that they were kind of okay. I, I liked them, and I liked the yeah, they're, people they're that... no between two ferns the movie. You're right. Yeah, as far yeah, as exactly. credit scenes go. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted uh, to do uh, something... On the, scale, on the scale of between two ferns the movie, and you can hear Tony Stark's hammering at the end of Endgame, it's right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of Endgame. Just like, clink. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Okay, sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we'll do the rating for real. What, Mark? When should people see this movie? Um. Ah oh, man, wait for it at. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, what was the rating system again? Right away, dollar theater or I mean, rental? Yeah, yeah like I yeah, mean, yeah, like when should I mean, yeah, when should people see it? Yeah. <laughs> on TV, on TNT, on HBO, Netflix. When it is when it is cheaper at you know at the six dollar theater. That's when six dollar theater. There you oh, go. Oh wow, I like it. I mean, I'm kind of there too. Like I said, if you're a huge fan of Zombieland, then you'll you'll get stuff out of this. So yeah, go. Yeah. Go, but you don't necessarily you don't necessarily need to race out to see it because there's a lot of yeah. Things. You can go see yeah. the lighthouse. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. I, I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, I know you liked it, but I I, it's a it's oh just it's God, it's I the weirdest it. movie I could possibly name right now as far as like what people are <laughs> people are going to be intensely divided on. Uh, Please yeah, no, watch I mean, Zombieland twice. Yeah, there you go. But um. Yeah, a dollar theater would make the most sense for me too. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to let's get to what it, what I assume is our main event since Abe is now here and Michael's seen the other film. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Five years ago, I thought I lost you forever. There is no curse that could ever tear me away from you. Will you marry me? Yes. I have a little bit of news. Don't ruin my morning. Philip asked me to marry him. No. I wasn't really asking. Nor was I. Love doesn't always end well, Beastie. Trust me, let us prove you wrong. You have done an admirable job going against your own nature to raise this child. But now, she will finally get the love of a real mother. Tonight, I consider Aurora my own. There is no union! There will be no wedding! What have you done? We go home now. Aurora! is a threat to everyone. We'll do our best to protect you. Well, well. One can never be too careful. <laughs> this isn't you. You do not know me. That should have been some of the trailer for Maleficent, colon, Mistress of Evil. Five years after Maleficent became a huge summer hit, Angelina Jolie has returned as the title character, now dealing with the potential marriage of her goddaughter, Aurora, Elle Fanning, as well as the possible nefarious plans being cooked up by Aurora's soon-to-be godmother-in-law, that would be Queen Ingrith, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. With tensions between humans and fairy tale creatures growing, Maleficent gets some schooling herself after learning about others of her species who still live out there in the wild. Will this result in a happily ever after? Michael, were you a fan of 2014's Maleficent? And what did you think of this movie? Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the original since it was just one big CGI saturated FF. Um, <laughs> but here I appreciate 
all the character development and the world building because it it seems much more expansive and there's a lot more to look forward to in it. Um, especially the the back and forth, the uh, the chemistry between uh, Maleficent and Ingrid. They're just basically the worst kind of in laws that you just don't want to have. I guess <laughs> uh, one is just trying to stay composed while the other is just starting like all these sort of subtle insults and like trying to provoke her and like poke the bear sort of thing. And obviously Maleficent has her like limit and she just like goes out and says, you know what? I haven't had enough of this stuff. You know, let's just go home and it's like, I'm not, you're not worthy of being in my presence sort of thing. But uh, other than that, the the whole I appreciated how you know the the, the weapons that they use, and it, it just seems so not my, I don't want to say refreshing, but I I love the whole Game of Thrones vibe, I guess, because it, it comes down to lies, deceit, family, and takes place in medieval times, sort of thing. So yeah, it perfectly fits. And you've got those mystical creatures and this whole other world that the first one never even like bothered to explore, like even explain that she's like not the last one or whatever. Here we get to see that there are others like her and, you know, she's kind of the uh, savior of her people. I guess that's how they look at her, Um, that she can, you know, be the one to bring the race that uh, resurrect that kind of uh, species. So I, I really liked it. All right. Mark, same question. Were you uh, a fan or not a fan of the original Maleficent, and what did you think of this sequel? I was not a fan of the original. Um, but the sequel, I actually enjoyed like quite a bit. And most of it was what uh, Mike was saying is that, you know, it felt like Game of Thrones with the lies and the seed, the backstabbing, and the kind of, like, big, huge battle at, you know, the castle, which kind of reminded me of the battle at Winterfell a bit, except it's daytime instead of nighttime. And, you know, I feel more connected with Maleficent and, you know, basically all the Sleeping Beauty characters like Maleficent, Aurora, Prince Philip, than I was in the original because I actually, you know, felt a lot of sympathy towards Maleficent, even though she's this, you know, kind of craggly and bitter kind of like, you know, person. But I could tell that, you know, deep, 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 Deep down, she has like a, you know, a softer side to her. And it's good to see that kind of side like go out and shown a little bit more than, you know, than I felt like it was in the first film. Um, and I feel well, like. The first one. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. What were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, I understood what the first one was going through with in terms of tone and like theme of her like being vulnerable and then that kind of resulted in why she's so dark 
but I don't think it really it explored that the first one didn't explore that as much as I would have liked. But yeah, that would, that's the only thing I wanted to add. Hmm. Yeah, I actually don't remember much of the first one. That's how much I did not like oh, the first geez. one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just the first Maleficent didn't really feel needed. It just felt like it was made. I personally felt like it was made to kind of, you know, go off of the success of, you know, Alice in Wonderland a bit. Yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. But I think with this one, I mean, honestly, when I first heard that this second one was being made, I was like, why? Why? But then as I watch it, I'm like, okay, I can see why they made it and, you know, the message behind it. And, you know, I kind of appreciated what they were going for with it. It didn't feel like, you know, it was trying to... It didn't feel like the second Alice in Wonderland where they were kind of like, you know, banking on the success of the first one. This one feels like they wanted to tell a story that had a good meaning and a good message to it. It wasn't just like um, a cash grab kind of thing, which, you know, I really appreciated about the movie. I am... Before Abe starts getting on telling a bunch of lies, I'm just going to recall what? that I stood alone. <laughs> I stood I stood alone in 2014 as the one that did not like Maleficent. While you and Marcus and Mark were all like, it was good, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this movie was terrible. You guys are ridiculous. <laughs> um, I did not like the first Maleficent whatsoever. I thought it was a pile of garbage because it looked like a pile of garbage because the CG was terrible in that movie. So right away, this yeah. movie's like, we're going to give you an extended take of look how good our CG is this time around. And I was very impressed by that. <laughs> I was already like, okay, cool. Like the, the movie wants to show me they have, you know, they're not using the budget on all the reshoots and whatever other duct tape they needed to do to put together that first movie. Because this time <laughs> we're just like, all right, let's tell this thing. And I like that. I like this movie overall. I was surprised by how much I like this movie. How much it was getting to me. I'm not going to say it's amazing. I think the plot's whatever. It's pretty, like, alright, we got the most basic ideas of meet the parents, and then, like, bad things happen, and, you know, learn some new stuff, and blah blah blah. Um, and it even sidelines a lot, but it sidelines Maleficent for a lot of the story, which is a little, like, I guess Jolie just doesn't work by too much these days. I guess that's where we're at right now. Um, <laughs> but there are, like, four or five really good sequences that made me like this movie. Because I like that opening. I like when Maleficent meets uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, the Queen. Like, they have a whole, like, sniping at each other session that's just super fun. And it's kind of, like, exactly what you want to see in this movie. Because you have two, like, two, two like warrior women essentially just yelling at each other without actually yelling. Um, and that's, like, that's, a, that's cool stuff. That, that gets to, like, the heart of what this is. And then more stuff. You get this whole... Under, like realization that Maleficent's not alone in her fairiness. There's other fairies that are like her, and it becomes Avatar meets How to Train Your Dragon all of a sudden. And I'm like, this is neat. <laughs> I like these visuals. There's something here, and it's weird. There's there's a lot of like weird, crazy stuff. Like Chiwetel Ejiofor wearing all of that costume along with Ed Screen. Like, good for them. <laughs> They're doing their thing. Yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, Warwick Davis. There's Warwick Davis. There's this character played by Jen Murray, who's like this redhead assassin lady that works with the Queen. 
she has a whole sequence where she's like trying to assassinate fairy creatures using an organ and it's like <laughs> it's i don't know what though. this is like like this movie this has so much weird in it and i like the weird this movie can <laughs> like these disney movies we're going to keep making these live action remakes they could use a lot more weird like there's like i'm i'm into that and the end sequence of this movie that has like a giant battle which again recalls avatar I was thinking, finally, a movie that wants to use Avatar as a template because Avatar is a great action finale. So go, go for it. Do that. You got all crazy fla- fairies flying over the place and they're using all these weapons to go after them. I was in, it's all in daytime. It looks great. Like that stuff I was into. And it has like some emotional beats that I was surprised how into them I was. Like, so there's, there's so much like middle stuff in here that just kind of dragged and there's character stuff and plot holes abound as far as why they need to do things certain ways or whatnot that. Okay, whatever. Like, I think the movie's passable, but the sequences that stood out stood out in a good way to me. I was into, like, what the movie was delivering. It had some weird stuff going on that I was into. Like, there's a lot here. And I'll say this, after we talked about Gemini Man last week, watching this movie, I was thinking, I think this would actually be pretty cool to see at a high frame rate. Like, I was actually thinking to myself, this is where high frame rate would come in handy. I was surprised by myself thinking that, because it's like, I'm so, like, okay with high frame rate, but it's like... (laughs) Well, here's a movie that I actually could see that working sure. with. Like, I want. You know that Aaron's yeah, excited when his when his like his tone gets like a little bit higher an octave. Because it's just it, was like, so, it, was, it was so different to me. I was like, is did Angley infect my mind? Do I like high frame right now? Like, am I into well, this? <laughs> so good on you, Ang. But good. Abe, where are you with this? Uh, I was actually gonna ask you. I was like, hey, what did I what did I rate the first Maleficent? Because I don't really remember. I, I think that, you know, now that you've mentioned that oh, I, I liked it more. <laughs> I, I know that I guess I liked it more than you did. I think that I liked that the, some of the visual aspects were there. Not in terms of like the CG, but more, just more of, hey, this is cool that there's an entire world that they built here. This movie, Maleficent, uh, Mistress of Evil, this is a really interesting movie because, um, you know, it's a Disney movie. It kind of is on an IP that you're aware of. Uh, you know who these people are. You know what they do, and you kind of have this original story, and this, the live action stuff has sort of taken it into a different, a different avenue. You know, Maleficent isn't all just dark and nasty and evil. She is a misunderstood character, and some parts of the movie I found very family friendly. It was pretty mundane, kind of like very vanilla is okay. Um, and then you move into some other beats with Maleficent, like you mentioned the dinner scene. And then there's, like, a battle sequence, and there's, like, all this, like, discussion of the battle sequence and a lot of ideas that are being passed there. Even the, the ideas with, you know, whatever Maleficent, Maleficent's creature creature uh, gang is. Um, I guess they're called uh, – what are they called? They're just fairies. Phase? The phase, yeah. And so the sure. phase. Oh, yeah, the phase. You know, you get into that stuff, and, and, and then to some degree, I was like, you know, this is not a term I would throw around lightly, but – to some degree, this is an incredible movie. And I was like, wow, there's like spectacular things that are happening here. I'm not talking about visuals. I'm talking about like the story, the plot, the the proletariat versus the bourgeoisie kind of thing. Like that stuff, I was like, this is a heavier movie, and I really am digging where they're going with this. I love that there's sacrifices going on here. There are people that are dying off camera. Mistakes, yeah. People yeah, die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of like really high level things here. And, and, like, I am a huge fan. Like, I love when movies really take a chance. This is why, uh, at least I like Laika, and I know that Aaron and I both like oh, yeah. and, and love Laika, but the way that Laika really takes these chances with children and also with their characters, um, I really appreciate that. And here, what doesn't work 
is that it doesn't come through with anything. You know, the end message is let's just all we had a battle. Let's just all have a wedding now and it's going to be okay because, you know, one person is going to dictate that it's it's all good. Um, that part wasn't as fun. Like it is the way that you have to end this because it's a Disney movie for families. However, there were a lot of things in the in between, like the the end of the second act, moving into the third act, that I found on a different level. Like this is a if it if it had continued with that theme throughout the movie, this would have been one of the best movies, like one of the best surprises of the summer, uh, of the fall, and perhaps one of the best movies of the year. I would have I really would have considered. Um, just how good it is. The things that hold back are the acting. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Like, that prince is a... I don't even know what happened there. Because Brendan Thwaites was really good. Uh, and then they have yeah. this guy who's going to be the Kingsman. And he just... He has, like, zero... Oh, he's in the Kingsman movie? He's 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 in the Kingsman? He's going to be that young Kingsman. He's the, he's the young guy yeah, in the Kingsman? He's be, okay. yeah. And I was like, young this guy has, man? like, no charisma on the screen. Like, he, he first of all, he's an idiot. Um, his dad's also an idiot. Um, well, the... I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you at the same time. I'm yeah. like, I like how the movie's like, who cares about the men? Like, that seems to be like a really clear thing that they're going completely, for. Completely, completely. And aside from Chiwetelegi for an Ed screen, they're like, yeah, Philip, whatever. King, right. who, whatever. Let's knock him off in the first two minutes. Right. Like, there's no real work. It's like, this is about Jolie, Fanning, and um, Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. their show. Yeah. Like, that's the and movie. to be fair, they, they do those three, like, especially those two, um, Pfeiffer and Jolie, yeah. they're they're killing it. Pfeiffer specifically, she's killing it. Like, it's more her movie than Maleficent, yeah. honestly. Like, yeah. she's yeah, yeah, yeah. evil. Like, <laughs> totally, yeah. And, and what I like about her and... Um, this opens up a realm of discussion is I like, man, it, it's so weird because when you get into the layers of it, she's, you know, she's a white woman. She, she believes in her kind, which is oh, yeah, human. There, there's a, there's a race, and, there's a race, racial theme yeah, going on and, in this movie. No doubt. Right, right. <laughs> and, and there's actually like a really great line. Like it's not great what she's saying, but the way that she delivers it, she stops herself from saying the word kind um, in one part of the movie. And I was like, this is, this is like a, a tremendous movie. Like this is wow, what you're doing here for this character to have this kind of character arc and turn this evil and just explicitly say it on the screen without any subtext. This is better than Joker right now. And unfortunately, it doesn't hold on to wow. it. But like you know, they're they're and also one of my nitpicks, and then let's open up for for it still has panel more discussion. themes to actually look into than Joker. A hundred percent, one hundred percent. What I didn't like about it was that. Uh, it's all the people of color that are all like the uh, the phase, and I was like, you know, <laughs> I don't know why does this have to be the case. No, like, I mean the, the the main guy that works with the prince, he's 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 black. Yeah, yeah, he's a general and he's black. But it's like you know, it's not always the case that it's like it's not always like the people that the people of color that are disenfranchised. There's a lot of like white people that are also disenfranchised too. Uh, but I appreciate that there was like Asians and. Uh, there was like Native Americans. Was and, like, yeah. yeah, there's tons of like global phase. And, and uh, I thought that this movie, when it was taking chances, took them really, really well. Unfortunately, they just don't stick the landing and becomes kind of like just a, a regular like movie after that. I don't disagree with you. I do think it. It 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 does a it does the same thing as like Civil War where it's like well it's not really their fault there was this other person that was doing this the whole time where <laughs> so it's like well you had some really cool ideas but yeah. okay. Uh, the, the difference there is that you really like the characters in that Marvel movie versus 
you know, you're just kind of like, oh, I guess we're back in this world again. Who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah. But no, I, I, I'm surprised. Like, I knew Mike like had some good things to say about this, but I thought I was gonna be like alone and being like, "There's a lot of good things in this movie." <laughs> but, um, so... Again, when it was rising up, the only thing I didn't like was that there's not enough comeuppance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh man, like, it's like that's the there's... Disneyness of it. At the same time, you're not wrong because there's a lot of like the final battle of this movie has some like crazy things going. It's on. it's <laughs> not even like mm-hmm. crazy. It's genocide. Like they're gonna <laughs> genocide these people. They don't use that term. They they use the term um, a trap. They they say uh-huh. oh it's a trap they're gonna ge- they literally locked all these fairy There's creatures a gas into, chamber. They put them into yeah. a gas chamber yeah. Yeah. and then much. they they like what it, what what I found incredible too was they when they showed like the 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 fairy dust they showed these people dissolving into nothing and I was like yeah. this is incredible there are kids in the theater with me with their parents and they're gonna have so many questions about what's going on here and and I thought well maybe they're gonna just like bring them all back and they don't. This is how this okay. is how I this has this is how I knew I was into the movie. I had just seen Zombieland. I've had a tremendously busy week, and I walked to a ten o'clock screening. Literally, I stepped out of the Zombieland theater. I bought both tickets, by the way. But I stopped. I walked out of the Zombieland theater, walked into the next one, and the trailers had already ended. So the movie's like literally about to start. I sat yeah. down and I watched the whole thing. I could have easily fallen asleep if I did not like this movie. I was into this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, just <laughs> yeah. And I just Mark, you're saying. Throw, I was just wanting to throw out there that. The scene where uh, Warwick Davis's character kills one of the 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 fairies, it gave me so much who who framed Roger Rabbit vibes when uh-huh. yeah. Christopher Lloyd's character like dissolved that uh, cartoon shoe. I was like, it that scene traumatized me as a kid, and I can't even imagine how that scene traumatizes like kids nowadays too. Yeah, like I, I have don't the think same they were gonna do it too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know they were gonna actually show it Same. on screen. And I was like, "This is a bold ass move," and I'm <laughs> digging it for you. Like, but and also, uh, what should I call it? Um, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of like other like chances that they take here. You know, Aaron, you're, you're right that the dinner sequence, uh-huh. it's actually a really well done, like mature sequence. Um, it's not, it's not gimmicky. It's not like lame. Like the only things that are lame is or when they're being seated. However, all the discussions that they're talking about, they are far and wide uh, topics of social, like, injustices today kind of thing. And also, like, things to get under your skin. And Pfeiffer plays it like such an evil villain. Like, she is fantastic. There's a lot of loaded dialogue, for sure, that works pretty well. Yeah. Also, am I alone in thinking that the Sam Riley, the Crow character, like... I liked him. Like I, like I, I did too. I could tell. I you, like, really did too. I remember him more now. Yeah. I, I could tell you like more, nothing about the first bit. movie because I hated it so much. But like this one, I was like, I guess he was in that first one, but he really sticks out <laughs> here. I really enjoyed his presence. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mike, what did you think of of a character turn for the for the crow guy at the end? Oh, the transformation or what? Yeah, he he kind of gets like some extra magical powers. Oh, when he becomes uh, the bear? Yeah. The bear, the bear with feathers, right? Because he right. looks what, like what a Yeah, what'd you think about that? I thought that was pretty cool <laughs> because because at, at, at first, because he was the dragon at, in the first one. It's like, okay, that's weird because usually I associate... He was a dragon? A, <laughs> Wait, He what? was the dragon. He transformed into the dragon. I, yeah, he's I a little like he's the like he's like a shapeshifter essentially. Like she gives, she makes him a shapeshifter. That's oh, kind of like, I, you guys yeah, know more yeah, than yeah. I do. 
<laughs> I so mean, I, I already admitted hoping... I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so I was hoping she would transform into the dragon and he would get this cool bear raven thing. But um, I found uh, uh, the Evolve to be very... Um, funny, more more funny, more so than the the first one. Um, that's how much I actually remember his performance in the first yep. one. But um, he was trying to be like uh, this, like the assistant, basically, like trying to teach her like how to be more human and everything like that. And she's like, "Okay, I'll do it anyway." But um, <laughs> he, he's that always is, like, "That is a fun sequence." He, like yeah, especially when um, you, you see a lot of like what he he what his role is in the in the opening scene where he's like like kind of not skulking but like kind of shying away from her like oh I don't don't turn me into whatever you can turn me into yeah. um after after she says like don't ruin my morning um but he's a lot more fun to work with especially now that he's more he spends more time with a human I guess um. But I wish there was a little bit more of him, but they they gave him a lot more to do. I I, I believe. Okay. What What do you guys think of the fairy? The other fairies you have: Imelda Staunton, Leslie Manville, and Juno Temple as what? Not Raz, Flittle, and Fizzlewit. These are names. Um, <laughs> I re- I remember them from the first one because of like how weird they made their bodies look. Like they're right. They have big heads, but yeah. their bodies are kind of small, and they're flying around. I. They don't bug me. I can see them easily bugging others. I wouldn't say they're necess- they're like completely necessary either, but like I mean this is from Sleeping Beauty, so it makes, you know, level of sense. That sure. said, there is a resolve that happens to one of them where like this is I was th- that caught me off guard. <laughs> like there's some things that happen I, with that. That part, yeah, I would have to say that too. That part yeah. caught me yeah. off guard. I'd say uh, that those but... three characters, those fairies, those three fairies are yeah. They're they're used less in this one because I they don't have to be in the first one they're they're what you expected from Sleeping Beauty the cartoon right yes the but this one's like well you know that Maleficent is now cool with uh, Aurora so there's no real reason for them to go around and and kind of like take Aurora's hand and show her the ways of the the fairies or the jungle uh, there there there's no more need for that so they can be in the background. <laughs> I yeah, I don't so remember glad. much of them at all from the first one. So. Yeah, Mark, what? I'm, Where's it, Mark? I'm so glad that um, they have less to do in this one because you're right, Aaron. They annoyed me in this one. <laughs> they annoyed me in the first one. They annoyed me um, uh-huh. anytime they were on screen in this one. I know, and I really love the original cartoon, but they were less annoying in the uh, animated movie than they are, you know, oh, yeah. in the live action. Because they don't look weird either. It's like it's one thing to be like, all right, we'll make a visual effect for it. But it's like it's so like jarring to see the like the big head and the little body and the wings. Yeah. It's like a lot. It's a lot to take. In. It also like, doesn't yeah. help that I sat like you know five rows deep or in oh, from the screen. No. I was like, oh, you know, now I can totally see where the where the CG cutout was on their face, and uh, so oh, it was God. okay. But it, it, they didn't annoy me as much in this one. And again, they they do serve a purpose. Um, can I ask you guys about some of the themes that you guys picked up on? You know, we've talked about class warfare. We've talked about race relations. Um, are there other themes that you guys picked up on? Um, that's pretty much the the messages that yeah, I was. That's what to, I hear. Yeah, yeah to... that's what I picked up on. Yeah, 
I imagine Did you, you pick can, up like, on the one then. There's a there's maybe like an immigration thing you can kind of like jump into at some point, but like, I mean, I think it's, yeah. it's more about it's more about the class society and just like the yeah the idea yeah. of like humans versus other you know oh. mainly white humans versus other races of well, things. Right. There's this one I guess big theme of uh, the mother has to let her child go eventually. Yeah, there's, an, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. there's a literal empty nest thing going on. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, literally. But, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah she's that, a bird, so a good one. Out. Yeah, and I mean, um, there's I, like I, there's 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 an environmentalist thing as well, I right? Like as far as picking the picking up the land, like stripping it of all the magic, yeah, plants and oh yeah, yeah and, and that's actually the other theme that I want to talk about, which is colonialism, which uh-huh. is really like it it is on the nose, but also kind of not on the nose because they don't. The only times that I picked up on it were there's one part where there's some phase that are in a drum circle and they're Native American phase. And then there's another part where Michelle Pfeiffer is talking about her origin story. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I got you. You're just like a, a punk bitch who, like, mm-hmm. hates <laughs> everything. You know what I mean? And that was really fascinating because, you know, her intention isn't just to be like, let's make this a pure society thing. It's also like, I'm going to take over all the land because uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't have asked them anyway. My dad wanted to ask him. We shouldn't have. We should have just taken it. And I was like, Whoa. This is a really deep cut here. And so um, the question that I have for you guys is I'm not really familiar with uh, – how do you pronounce the director's name? Jo- Joachim Roning? Um, I, that's how I, I believe, say it. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. But yeah. are there other themes like this in like Contiki and like – Well, uh, definitely not in the Pirates, Pirates movie. Definitely no, not. No. So, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but uh, like, so to, to to note, this is he, he and um, Espen Sandberg. They've been making films together. This is the first film that um, that um, Ronin is they're separated by yeah. yeah by by himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there are things going on in the Pirates movie, uh, but not on not to this not like this. I would I would say. Contiki. Um, yeah. I mean, that's more. That's just a biopic essentially, but it, it it's. It's not it's not operating on this same kind of level. Okay, okay. So but, I mean, it, it comes down more to the writers because you you st- like uh, what Linda Wolverton she wrote the first Maleficent as well, um, <laughs> and along with the like she wrote the Alice in Wonderland screenplay too. Like, I think she's yeah, I think she's had a hand in almost all of the um, <laughs> the, the the Disney films and like the the remakes that we've had or whatnot. Gotcha. Um, but that first Maleficent, I mean, that movie was. I mean, it was a rape revenge movie. That was literally what it was trying to do. That's, this one—that's really what it was. Yeah, yeah. As, as like disgusting as that term is, it. I mean, she. I mean, that's that's literally, that's what happens in the movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, but um, this one, I mean, it's not surprising to see it continue to take on like some mature themes placed inside of a, you know, a film meant for a younger audience. Um, but it comes, it shines through. Like I, regardless of how successful it is, I do think it's admirable to see a movie that's both. Again, has a lot of weird in it, but also tries to like be about a little bit more. Certainly, something like this that's you know, a a sequel to a live action remake of a movie. Right, so yeah. And so the follow question I have for you guys is: this isn't really a a live action adaptation because it's the characters that we know. However, it's a different story. So for all of you guys, um, how do you guys envision this sort of bleeding over into the other? I guess the other movies, I mean, do you feel as though they're going to do straight lace adaptations like Lion King, Pinocchio or Aladdin kind of thing? Um, no. Or do you feel as though like, great, we're going to take this and something like Sleeping Beauty or I'm sorry, and Cinderella, where it's going to sort of be its own thing? 
Are you asking for about sequels to the other live action remakes or sequels? But also, you know, if this is if this if if you if this has shown that you can take characters that we know and and kind of have their own stories, um, would Disney do that? Or Mark, you had said no. It feels as though they're just going to go for the cash grab and make the the live action feature. I think it de- it depends. Ver- like verbatim. You have- when you have yeah. Lion, when you have Lion King, Aladdin, and Beauty and the Beast, I get why their choice is to make it exactly like those movies. They're the most popular movies that you know the nostalgia thing you can go for with, and clearly they work. Mm-hmm. They, go, they all made a billion dollars. Right. Um, Peach Dragon comes to mind about the opposite of that. Yeah, man. and Peach Dragon was one of the least successful versions. Of the, I mean, it's it it shows still a good movie. Actually, actually, yeah, you know what? I, I like take it. that. I take that back, though, because I realized what the next live-action Disney movie is going to be, and That's it cool. seems way different than the original Mulan in terms of... Oh! You know, well, that one's... Tr- it's not trying to be step-for-step, step, right? It's trying to be more... Yeah. It's trying to it's incorporate trying to other different. things about the, the actual Mulan story. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the other thing. like, it takes the core story, uh-huh. but, like, it kind of puts its own spin on it. And yeah, there probably it, won't be a Mushu. No. I don't no. know. I it, think they already like, announced that there's not going to be any Mushu or yeah. songs in it. Um, I mean, Abe, to your point, like, the first Maleficent, I mean, leading up to it, I was intrigued because it was telling you a story from the side of Maleficent. Like, that's neat to me. That's like right. taking a story you know and doing something interesting with it on a new level. I don't know, like, what the Cruella movie is going to be, but it's already interesting just because it's trying to not be specifically 101 Dalmatians. It's trying to be about Cruella DeVille. Whether or not it's successful, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that, that shows me there's an attempt to do something. Dumbo is the same way, where it's like the first 40 minutes are a remake of Dumbo because that movie's already only like an hour anyway. And then they're like, now we'll add a whole other story to it. It doesn't help that, that movie sucked, but still, they tried. <laughs> like, I mean, there's something there. I, right. I can appreciate them doing more with this kind of stuff that we're familiar with and then having... Jungle Book was like that. Jungle Book is... That's why I, I like Jungle Book a lot. It There's not much story to the comic, the cartoon Jungle Book to begin with. It's just kind of vignettes. And the movie attempted to make it... It, it, was, it was a better Lion King movie than The Lion King was. Like, it, it, it did... It has the basic elements you expect, you know, King Louis and elephants and what have you, but it also tried to do, like, its own thing as far as Mowgli's arc and what have you that I, I liked. I liked that about sure. that movie. Right. You know yeah, what? Speaking and... of which, mm-hmm. you guys realize there's going to be a fifth live-action Disney movie coming out this year, right? Because I one? totally forgot that the fifth one is Lady and the Tramp on Disney+. Plus. Oh, on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Oh, yeah, on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, which is, I mean, so far from what I've seen in the trailer, it looks to be similar to the original Lady and Tramp. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll be the first to admit it's been a very long time since I've seen Lady and the yeah, Tramp. So I, I, I have no, yeah, beyond the meatball thing, I have no, like, scene that I can recall from Lady yeah, and the Tramp. Yeah, yeah, but I remember, I think like, the- certain bits and pieces. I mean, obviously, I'm sitting there hoping that they keep the Siamese cat sequence in there. Like, that just makes sense to me. But I don't know what you guys that. are talking about. <laughs> in that movie. Michael, Michael, what are you saying? No, I was going to say um, there's just a slight difference because I like the Lady and Trap movie. Um, I watch it every now and again. It's, I think for the live action, when we actually get to see the owner's faces, probably that's like one of the most 
smallest differences. Oh, compared to yeah. The oh, so they like Charlie Brown it in the original movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You, they you, mu- you they only muppet see their babies feet. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yeah, muppet babies it. That would be the great way to um, okay. describe it. But uh, you only see their feet in the in the original animated version. Hmm. So, Interesting. So. Well, let me ask you guys about Disney Plus. Is that is it? So it's a straight to Disney Plus. Does that also get like a straight to Netflix type uh, type of uh, treatment? No, so it's, it's like, well, well, it's not like a hundred percent going to be our best writers and really not going to be our best directors. It's just what we want to make. I mean, I mean, they're putting the money in. I like, mean, Noel like, was supposed to be out in theaters. And now it, they're putting it on Disney Plus. Oh, uh, so. okay, all right. That's, and that's, at that's the same time, The Mandalorian is getting like a lot of like you know well, a lot of, Hollywood yeah, a lot talent of... behind it. So, I mean, I thought it would be similar to you know like a straight to DVD kind of thing with Lady and Tramp, but right. the more I look at it, the more like tender loving care I feel like they're put into the actual. Um, like animation towards the the dogs. I mean, I'll, I, I'll 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 put it this way: if Disney, if they're launching a streaming service that has exclusive content like Star Wars original series and more movies, yeah, they're not going to half-ass that, especially not in the first year. They're not going to be like, yeah. here's like our paltry attempt to convince you to go away from Netflix for a bit to watch our show. They're going to give you the best stuff they possibly can. So I get like, that. I get that. Yeah. I, I know. I understand what you're asking as far as like, yeah, the Netflix rhythm of having when it's not a prestige film from Martin Scorsese or Alfonso Cuaron, you have like <laughs> the latest sci-fi thing set in like one location featuring right. two actors that you kind yeah. of like, but are like, I can take or leave. Like this is, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is like, I get this. They're like, yeah, Disney plus we have a star Wars show. We have a, we have all of the MCU and star Wars movies. We have every, we have a thousand different movies that are produced by Disney or are owned in some way by us that we can put on launch. We, we get like, it. Disney, you own our lives. We get it. Jeez, stop rubbing it in my face. <laughs> no, but, don't but, you that... dare, but don't you dare insult them, Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you, uh, you know, watch uh, the kids in the picture, you maybe think that maybe Francis Ford Coppola didn't direct all the Godfather. So there's that. Um, yeah, he did, though. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of editing. There's a lot of, like, good, good producing going on there, too. But with all that being said, back to Maleficent, um, I just want to write up by saying that um, while I didn't find some of the characters as captivating, I'm, I'm glad that none of the characters were damsels in distress. Um, and I'm also glad that there was um, some chances that were me taken. And to be honest, there were some times where I was really gripped. I, I was very curious to see what was going to happen on the screen because I felt that there were stakes in this movie. And it doesn't finish it, but I'm glad that it, it somewhat tried. This is sort of rem- reminiscent of um, Tangled, the Rapunzel story, where I was like, you know, I really am really uh, proud of <laughs> way that... said the Rapunzel story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're just like, oh, that one? <laughs> oh, no, the Rapunzel it's, story. It's the one with the chameleon, right? It's a chameleon story. <laughs> oh, thanks for clarifying that that's the one. <laughs> You're welcome. Audience, if, if you if you feel as though I'm giving you some love, give us some thumbs up. <laughs> but, but with that one, you know, it, they took chances too. I just didn't I didn't think that they they had to do it the way that they had to end it, but I was like, man, if they had done something differently, I would have. It would have been one of the best pictures of that year. 
Um, did we spend ten minutes talking about Disney Plus during this review? We um, did. Yes, we did. I, uh, <laughs> we like it. Yes. I don't My know. Bad. Like ad. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I. I. But I did enjoy um, this movie more than I expected to. I uh, like the the trailers are showing me like well visually it looks like it's at least better than the first one but yeah no I was impressed with the kind of the additional things they had going on for it if the I, I understand that like I think some I think some are disappointed in the fact that Angelina Jolie is like not like the lead of this movie essentially like she's here but she has less to do than the first film where it was just basically her show the whole way through. I just, I don't know. I don't, like, Maleficent's not, like, a character I need to be like, oh, like, I need to get more of this right away. So I'm like, yeah, all right, she's, like, in less of the film and you have other things going on, whatever. The visuals are neat to me. The battle is really cool to me. The crazy gas chamber sequence was like, what is this? I don't know why this is in a kid's film, but I'm into it. Like, that stuff really works. And so if, in a film where I can take or leave as far as needing to see this, it gave me, like, four or five really good scenes that I just liked a lot. So, yeah, I'm, I... It's enough to pass this movie, so yeah, go yeah. see it at a dollar theater. <laughs> Have fun, <laughs> Michael. Where are you with this? Uh, I really liked it all. I was pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, I would sum it down in those words. Great. And then uh, Mark. I mean, not to sound like a broken record, but yes, I was also pleasantly surprised about the movie. I love that they were trying to do something different with this one trying to put out like a lot of heavy messaging behind it and and it may be like the characters that i didn't like with the exception of the three fairies <laughs> and maybe uh like like them more in this one than you know i have in the past um but, you know, like you said, Abe, there were a lot of, like, Disney moments in it that kind of, like, threw me off from, yeah. you know, the heaviness of, you know, the story that they were trying to tell. And I think that's where, you know, that kind of, like, drops the movie down for me. But I still really enjoyed it more than I did the first one. But it's still, I mean, it's borderline go see it right away but i mean you don't have to if you really want to you can just wait for it to go out in the dollar theater sure yeah i mean I, i'm on the same page as you guys i was really surprised by this um to some degrees like pleasantly surprised at some of them just like okay well that's definitely part of a sin- sequel syndrome but i would i would say that you should check this movie out i mean i'll put it i mean it's going into a double feature this week where I'm like Zombieland and Maleficent. I wasn't expecting to be like Maleficent has some bomb ass sequences. That in is and, and, 100% and Zombieland, the same way. And that Zombieland's I feel. not good. Like I wasn't thinking yeah. that's what I was going to come out with. Yeah, exactly. Hey. Especially especially given the trailer for Maleficent, I was like, this is not what I was expecting at all. Yeah, and and actually, um, I just want to say this: like, it's kind of weird that you guys are um, talking about the dinner scene because that was the exact scene that they uh, premiered at D23 Expo this year and talking with some other media people after the live action thing they all hated it interesting they, yeah yeah they yeah. all hated that scene 
I mean, I don't know if it's because there's no context to it. In the yeah, game. I was gonna say like yeah, Michael, Michael's probably right. Yeah, yeah. It feels though, Michael. You know, you hit it on the head there. I was like, I wonder if it's because there's just no context with it. Because out of context, it's just like she's being a bitch. Both of them are being bitches, <laughs> and uh, they're just being mean to each other. But when you go into it, you're like, whoa, somebody tried here, and somebody's just being really conniving. <laughs> I mean. In some ways, I agree with you, but um, on the other hand, you know that Michelle Pfeiffer is the villain, and you know Maleficent is the hero, and you know. I mean, yeah, the movie's not making any like excuses for it. like it, it. Yeah. If you're a child, yes, there might be a neat like, oh no, the queen's evil, but I mean, you, want, <laughs> you know, you know she's evil. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So you know, seeing them snipe back and forth, you know, there's. Not much context needed there. You know that, you know, she's just trying to get underneath Maleficent's skin because, you know, she's the evil queen and she's trying to make Maleficent turn out to be the bad guy again. And I mean, I'll be the first to admit also that I was in that same group where I was like, yeah, that scene really didn't do anything for me. But it's weird because when I see it in context to the movie, I knew what was going to happen, but I was more engrossed with what I saw this time than I was when they actually just showed it at D23. It's, I don't know. I just can't explain why that is, but you know, it's, it is what it is. Well, with all that in mind, that we've talked sufficiently about Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, as well as Disney Plus for some reason. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's. My bad. Uh, no, it's all good. Um, but yeah, no, there was things that be su- that surprised us. I think as far as like how much quality there actually was in that movie. Right. Um, let's move on now. What? Uh, Abe, what? Uh, what time is it? Time for a quick game. That's uh, that's actually the sound that the um, the humdrums, the the beetle drum, whatever flower it is, when you pluck them, that's the sound they make. Nice. Yeah, that is of course the improv team for games, and I have a game for you guys this week. It is called Once Upon a Scream. This is okay. A game. Yep. This is a game where every you you need to name what movie I am describing. Every one of these movies features a nightmare sequence in it. Um, they're almost all horror movies. Um, and so I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe the type of nightmare they're having and as briefly, as briefly as possible. And then I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a choice. You could either have, I could either read the cast list backwards and you can try to guess the movie that way. Or I could read the tagline. You can try to guess the movie that way. Okay. So we got choices here. Yeah. You got choices here. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. The first, okay. The first film, it's a birth nightmare. Just put that Abe. there. Abe. Rosemary's baby. It's not Rosemary's baby. Damn it! Let me ask. You, you need to let me help you ask. You <laughs> okay. Do you want a tag? Do you have? Do you want a tagline? Do you want the cast? I want the tagline. This time it's war. A birth movie. This time it's war. The night. Uh, the nightmare involves a birth. The Nightmare involves a birth. This time it's war. Um, uh, Abe, uh, The yeah. Fly 2. No, you're wrong. Okay. okay. That's enough, Abe. The <laughs> <laughs> horror movie, right? I, I, I'm trying to figure this game out by purposely losing the first one, so I don't know. 
What is that? Read the cast list backwards. Except to Mark or Mark or Michael. I was already reading it. Okay. As I read this, any one of you can buzz in. Let's go with that. Okay, let's hit it. Al Matthews, Jeanette Goldstein, William Hope, Bill Paxton, Lance Ooh, Henderson, Abe. Abe? Alien. Al- incorrect. Oh! Mark. Mark? Aliens. Aliens this is the correct answer. This time it's four. Got it. <laughs> Mark, Ripley has, Ripley has a dream where she gives an alien burst out of her chest. Uh, okay. Oh my I mean, god! Actually, Gina Davis has one where she's gonna give birth to a maggot. Got a point. Oh my god! I actually have hey, a point, guys. Yeah. No, it's helpful. I did for the first time in my three tries on this podcast. Abe. Yes. Maybe don't name other movies involving nightmare sequences during my game. How about that. All right. All right. Okay. Let's go. Sorry. The next dream involves a ritual. Hmm. Um. Okay. I can give you a tagline, or I can give you the cast list backwards. I think this should be a group decision, and then we can go from there. You guys are going with tagline. I say tagline. Tagline. Maybe I'll just start with the tagline, and then if you don't game, and then if you don't if you don't get the tagline, then I'll do the cast list. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Conceived in terror, born in fear. Mark. Mark. Rosemary's baby. It is Rosemary's baby. You're welcome twice. Yeah. Michael, you're going to get another one, too, because of what I said earlier. Hey, thanks, Abe. Hey, you're welcome. This next one has has a nightmare sequence involving Nazis. Okay. The tagline is, beware the moon. Ooh. Um, Abe. Abe? Uh, I'm picturing the, the, um, damn it. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's like that, the Nazis in winter movie. It's not, it's okay. a nightmare sequence and that movie's, the premise involves Nazis. So. <laughs> Michael. Yeah. Uh, Overlord. It's not Overlord. Okay. Uh, um, Mark, uh-huh. I'm just shooting my shot here. An American werewolf in Paris? You were... <laughs> you I, were mean, I mean... You were uh, 80% picturing... the way there. <laughs> I feel like you should change it, Mark. <laughs> to another European city. <laughs> uh, an American werewolf in North, London. Right? Yeah, it's London. You don't get the okay. point. Um, <laughs> oh, you don't get the point. Mark is killing this game, by the way. David Naughton has a whole David Naughton has a whole dream where he dreams of Nazi werewolves coming out of it's a it's or Nazi like it's crazy. It's it's a it's a crazy dream. That's a great uh, I'm I'm doing better at this horror trivia than I did in the last horror trivia that I did. There you recently. go. <laughs> This uh, this next dream sequence. Keep in mind, these are all about the dream sequences, not sure. the movie themselves. Yep. Uh, the dream involves an explosion. I'll give you the tagline: same make, same model, new mission. Abe. Abe. Terminator Two: Colon Judgment Day. I appreciate the full title, and yes, that is the correct answer. Boom, <laughs> baby! That scared me as a kid all the time. Here's the next one. It's a uh, the the nightmare involves undead there's a couple taglines and i like them so i wrote down a number of them okay. the first one is 
don't make plans for Sunday. Hmm. Hmm. The next one is, if you think it means bad luck, you don't know the half of it. Huh? Michael? <laughs> Michael? Leprechaun? Incorrect. <laughs> Leprechauns aren't bad luck. The third tagline, Fridays will never be the same again. Oh. Uh, don't make plans for Sunday. I mean, it has to be something about a week. I feel like Saturday would have made more sense for that one. I don't know why it's a Sunday. Uh, Abe? Yeah. Uh, Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan? Why try to add a subtitle? Like, do you think that's going to get you the right answer? Because <laughs> you, you might be throwing curveballs here. And out of, out of 11 options, you're like, I'll exactly. try the Manhattan one? Yeah, I was like, I don't know what Aaron choose. one. Come on, the space one. Friday the 13th. Jason X. Yeah. It is Friday the 13th. I'll give Aaron! you the points. Thank you. Thank you. Those Undead are because, good taglines. Undead because at the end, Jason pops out of the water in a nightmare, it seems like, anyway. Yeah. Uh, if okay. you watch screen, now you know the answer. <laughs> um, the next one, the dreams or nightmare involves doomsday scenarios. Oh, that's the, the dream. That's the type of dream that it is. I mean, uh, Abe already said Terminator Two. So. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> no, now there's now there's taglines. The tagline's not gonna help you. It's far away from the cruel world, so I'm gonna go jump straight to the cast list here. Okay. <laughs> here we go. The cast includes. How far down do I go to this? You do not know any of these names. Okay, so I'll start here. Katie Mixon. Hmm? Shay Wiggum. Hmm. Tova Stewart. Jessica Chastain. Michael Shannon. Oh, Abe. Abe? Actually, I haven't seen this movie. Is it Take Shelter? It is Take Shelter. Oh, okay, cool. Oh my God. Hey, guess what, Mark? We're tied. Damn it. I'm glad well, you're I got the damn European <laughs> name right. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Okay. A scream that wakes you up might be your own. Ooh, that's scary. The type of dream is a demon. There's a demon. Mm-hmm. A scream that wakes you up might be your own. Abe? Abe. Sir of Echoes? Incorrect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark. Mark? A Nightmare on Elm Street? It is a Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh! All right. All right. Hey, Abe, guess what? (laughs) I'm in the lead now. Hey, man, I know that you're getting Disney money, but you ain't got to rub it in my face like that. (laughs) Disney is still... I don't know if they haven't sent my check yet. I don't know if they have the right address. Here's the next one. It's another undead dream. Mm Mm-hmm. The tagline is, the dead have waited, the day has come. Mark. Hey, I told. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I, I heard Mark. Honor the dead? Incorrect. Oh. Abe? Day of the dead. Oh. Day of the dead is the it was either it was, it was either or. It was either hey, or. Hey, guess what, Mark? We're tied again. <laughs> the key is, Day of the Dead has a nightmare where she dreams that there are a bunch of hands that come to the wall, and it's awesome. That's a great, um, man, great that's practical effects. Yeah. Yeah, I love that scene. All right, here's the next one. Okay. It is a birth dream. Michael, get this one, get this one. Call in. 
I will. I'll try. <laughs> the tagline is, be afraid, be very afraid. Ooh, maybe I don't know this huh? one. Wait a minute. I mean, I kind of want to let Michael see if he gets... There's another tagline that I'll read. Huh? Okay. Something went wrong in the lab today. Very wrong. I feel like it is the one that I named earlier, Michael. But I also don't want to get you wrong. <laughs> I don't want to be wrong either, though. <laughs> I can start going through the cast. Uh, no, Abe. Abe? The fly! It's the fly, yes. Yay! Oh my ah. god. I thought so. Wow. That's I'm a horrific dream myself. sequence. And David Cronenberg plays the doctor. Yep, he does. Yeah. Hey, are you in the lead now? I am. He is uh, in the by, lead. By, by one point. Here's the next one. Okay. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world, the world of darkness. What kind of dream sequence is this? Oh, sorry. It's a. Uh, it involves mother. Can, can you repeat oh, the mother. title, please? Yeah, what is the tagline? It involves a character's mother. Um, somewhere between science and superstition, there is another oh, world. Oh, Mark. Mark? Mark? The Exorcist. The Exorcist is the correct oh, answer. Whoa, that's oh. really good, Mark. <laughs> uh, this right. is uh, this is a tight contest- contested game here. Yeah, especially because this is the Two-way last one. Race. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Three-way race. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> All right. Can right. I get five this <laughs> i have to blank out i have to blank out the title here but you'll understand okay what, what kind if of dream you, sequence is it it's another undead dream sequence all right if you've got a taste for terror you have a date with ellipses and i like that this next one fits because it's if the exorcist made you shudder blank will make you scream oh man so the hint is that it's after 1972, <laughs> like I guess it's part of it right there, 73, 74. Could you repeat the first uh, tagline? If you've got a taste for terror, you have a date with... Abe? Abe? Uh, I'm, I'm blanking, I just don't want Mark to... Or I just don't want to yeah, I just don't want Mark to don't answer. Want Mark to win. <laughs> <laughs> thriller! Michael Jackson's Thriller. Sure. All right, I'm going to start going backwards in the cast. <laughs> Ready? Okay. PJ Souls, Betty Buckley, Nancy Allen, John Travolta, Man. William Cat, Amy <laughs> Irving, Piper Laurie, Sissy Spacek. Hey, no. Michael? Hey, was that a real no, buzz? No, it's not a buzz. Michael? Carrie? It is Carrie, yes. Oh. All right. Michael, you're on the board. Mark and I are tight. Guy. Hey, guys, I got a point. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but Mark and I are tied. What's the tiebreaker? Are you guys tied? Yeah, we both have like yeah, four four. Tied. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> Let me go find this now. Okay. <laughs> we'll do a we'll do a guessing game. Just between Mark and I? Yeah, between Mark and you. Right. What do you the ex, the Exorcist is like one of the highest grossing films of its time when it came out. Mark, are you there? Uh no, we can't hear you, Mark. No, you're muted. It says you're muted. Can we unmute him? No, he can unmute him. 
Oh, hello? Yeah, now you're, now you're there. Hello? Yes. Yeah, you're there. Yeah. Damn it. We missed all this great commentary. Damn it. I said my name so many times. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought Aaron was just like ignoring me. I was like, what the hell, man? Hey, blonde, by the way. I, I was called my why name. Being so quiet. Did you yeah. know Carrie like right off the bat? Were you like, yeah. did you have it? Yeah, uh, so Mark would have won. John, uh, okay. Once you said John Travolta, I was like, oh, wait, I know this, Mark. And then you were like, going on, I was like, wait, did he not hear me or is he just ignoring me? All right. Well, still, we found ourselves in a predicament and we're going to do a tiebreaker question. I still, I'm still going to acknowledge you as the winner, Mark. The Exorcist made a ton of money back at its time. And, and like, accounting for inflation, it's still like one of the biggest movies. What do you think the worldwide uh, total was at the box office for The Exorcist? As of today? Or back then? No, just currently. Like, what is it? Oh, currently. I'm just saying the world the worldwide box office. Yeah. Are we both going to take turns? Yeah, you and Mark are both going to guess. Okay, who, who goes first? <laughs> you can go first. Yeah, you can go. I'm going to say $333 million. 333 Okay. Mark? I'm going to say, uh, what did you say, Abe? Three, 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 three. Wait, you cut three, 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 three. He said three, three, three. Three, three, million. four. Go one over him. <laughs> if you go one dollar, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find your house and knock down the door. <laughs> I did. Three, three, four. You're you saying three, three, four. Three, three, four. four. All right. Well, what is it, Aaron? Well, Mark played the right card. It's four four one. Yes, the Exorcist made four hundred forty one. Where was my work? No, good game, good game. Oh right, man, so- I got so lucky in all of those. I feel so much game. better. So that's how you play Once Upon a Scream. Thank you for that game. Yeah. That, that hey, was, guess what, that guys? Says. I finally got my first win. Hey, there you go. Hey. Yeah, you did it. Just like the Lakers. Uh, all right. Low blow. That's hey, no man. sports talk. Hey, man. <laughs> all right. What's, Let's move what's, on. Our, what's our preseason record right now against you guys? <laughs> I think it's like in <laughs> You know what I say. Go Hurricanes. Go. Okay, moving on. Uh, let's get some enough feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the race. Questions and answers on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash on a podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us some answers. So let's start it off. First question uh, that we asked is, what's your favorite Angelina Jolie performance? Justin writes, my favorite will always be Hackers or Gia. I also like Wanted, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Lastly, Chris says Hackers or Wanted. Okay. Favorite uh, Jolie performances? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith and uh, Wanted was pretty high up there. I had to say Wanted as well. There you go. Spinning, spinning bullets. I tend to shout out Changeling, the Clint Eastwood film, because it's a very intense movie. I mean, she knows that it's her baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are your favorite films about clashes between in-laws or relatives? Chris writes, one of my favorite films ever, The Royal Tenenbaums. Jeff has The Return of the Jedi, and Scott has The In-Laws, which is terrific. The original one with Peter Falk and Alan Alda. Mm-hmm. Alan Arkin, not Alan Arkin. 
I mean, I want to be in the circle of trust here by saying meet the parents. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, in terms of like in-laws, I'd say, uh, man, that is a good call, the Rotenbaums, but especially the relatives part. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna shout something out randomly in the in the middle of this podcast. Okay, I'll just let the Godfather in there too. Ooh, that is good. Mm. Anything from you, Michael? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I can't really think of any good like in-law movies, honestly. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, If you do think of something, just shout it out. Um, The next question is: What are your favorite films about evil fairy tale creatures? Irene has Troll Hunter, and Chris has The Company of Wolves and Pan's Labyrinth. Both are great answers there. All of them are great answers, I should say. Uh, what do you mean by like just like featuring any evil fairy tale creatures? Yeah, I think like in any part of the movie, they don't have to be the lead, but there was like at least like a scene where there was an evil Hansel and Gretel witch or whatever. I'll just throw Hellboy two in there and call it a day. There you yeah. go. I mean, oh, anything, I by, anything by Cameron Del Toro is going to be you know that. Michael agrees. Alright. Favorite films dealing with isolation. This is in reference to The Lighthouse. Uh, Chris has The Thing. Michael, you put Buried. <clears throat> uh, Jeff has I Am Legend. And Justin has Castaway. Those are all solid answers. Um, I mean, The Thing is like the most perfect example of it. This will come up in our next question, but uh, Wally comes to mind. Oh, yeah! No. I mean, is he actually alone, though? He's got that cockroach with him. He's basically alone. I mean, Tom <laughs> I mean, Hanks has Wilson, so shut up. <laughs> Wilson's Kurt a Russell ball has eight other guys. <laughs> Kurt Russell has eight other guys around him. So, I mean, how much isolation? One of them isn't, uh, wait, isn't a couple the of guy. Dogs. Oh. What do you say, oh, Mark? Uh, uh, the Martian. Oh, yeah. He eats his own poop. Yeah. Oh, and the other... Um, he farms in his own poop. Yeah, the, the other... Damn, the other space movie. Um, uh, gravity. Up. Yes, thank you. Rocket Man with Harold Williams. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> He's gonna win Best Actor for that. Uh, <laughs> the next question is: What are your films uh, favorite films set in an apocalypse? Jim has Road Warrior, Wall-E, Dawn of the Dead. Justin writes: What Jim said, I'll also add Omega Man, Soylent and Green, Fury Road, Night of the Living Dead. Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Comet. On a short list, 28 Days Later, Shaun of the Dead, Last Man on Earth. And interesting enough, I watched all these movies in the last month. All great movies. Uh, Chris has all of what Jim and Justin said, and I will add Snowpiercer and 12 Monkeys. And lastly, Catherine, or actually, uh, Catherine writes, uh, does Last Man on Earth Vincent Price count? Yes. And lastly, Jeff has Idiocracy. Any movies set in an apocalypse that you guys are down with? Well, I'm surprised X-Men no apocalypse. Uh, Not I'm surprised. Children of Men. Children of Men is a good one. That's the dystopian, weird, apocalyptic future. It's kind of spooky. How uh, about uh, uh, the new Planet of the Apes movies? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Disease wipes everything out. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Favorite films involving characters meeting their doubles or opposites. Scott Mendelson, friend of the show, writes, if it counts, face off. Otherwise, us. 
<laughs> Chris writes, ah, those are the two same films I bloody thought of, so as above. Alan has Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> the other us's. And uh, another Scott has on a uh, let's see. Another Scott has on a side note. Charlie Chaplin once entered a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest and came in second. True story. Wow, that is a true story. Yeah. Huh. Films mean their characters mean their doubles. I mean, I don't know if it's a double, but they're opposites. You could throw in Annihilation. Yeah. 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 I like. I I love your answer. That's a real good answer. Yeah. I do love the bogus journey answer, though. I love that. It is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't think of anything. Well, if you think of some, feel free to shout it out. And the last question is uh, What are your favorite films that involve traveling on the open road? Um, and this is in relation to um, <laughs> Zombieland. Um, Chris has, once again, Fury Road or Road Warrior and Rain Man. Um, the Nothing's On podcast writes Death Race 2000, and Todd has the Muppet movie, Travel by Map, uh, and lastly, Justin has Fury Road. Any movies about the open road for you guys? Yep, one of my favorite comedies of all time, National Lampoon's Vacation. Going Does to walk, count? baby, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're on the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yep, go ahead. I... I haven't thought about the Little Miss Sunshine in a while, so I'll just throw that out there. Abigail Breslin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the one, her she was coming into the first Zombieland with an Oscar nomination. Like that was, <laughs> and and she was she was the big star. Like Harrelson, he had his back in the '90s, but like it, like the 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 cast at that point was like this one just got an Oscar nomination mixed with these two other schmoes that are joining in the crew with Woody <laughs> Harrelson. <laughs> um, oh, I want to add. In... Yeah. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to add in uh, one of my favorites that's kind of like a cult favorite, um, a Goofy movie. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, they've totally... got a song called On the Open Road. On the Road Again. On the yeah. Open Road. <laughs> well, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Pretty close. Might be the exit song. Well, <laughs> if I'm going to go for something different, I'll say uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. There you go. Ah. There you go. <laughs> And uh, can I throw out there my favorite John Hughes movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? It's a great one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect one. And yeah. kind of sad. Thanks for making it me bummed out. Yeah, but it has a happy ending, though. It does. Yeah. All right. That's enough feedback. You back, feedback. Feedback! Let's start wrapping things up here. Let's do a little Latin episode. What's out now? These movies that are coming out on 4K, Blu-ray, DVD, streaming, and all that. Uh, first up, and give, feel free to give a yay or nay to these as I go through them. The Lion King. Mm, don't see it. See the 1994 <laughs> version. If you want to practice I mean, CGI stuff, yeah, you can watch it. I mean, I am one of the minorities that actually still enjoy the movie, so I will say buy it. Okay. All right. I'm fair, a minority fair. and I didn't like the movie. We're, we're open um, to all thoughts here. <laughs> All right, what else? We got Satanic Panic. Haven't seen it. Haven't heard of it. This is a horror flick that came out earlier. It was, I think it was straight Wasn't sure that's even a movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Bloodline. I believe that, uh, this is the, that's the Sean Williams Scott um, 
Is that a TV show? Or thriller. Yeah, no. I don't know. Yeah, there is a TV show called Bloodline, but there's also right. a movie called Bloodline. Okay. Uh, um, Wonder Woman colon Bloodlines. That's why I wrote both of these down. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Is that an animated DC movie? It's a DC yes, animated movie, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, go it's see that. It's not connected to the Netflix show, right? <laughs> Correct. No, this one actually is. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, let's see. TV stuff. We have Nas for Ot 2, season one. I say it like that because it's based off a comic and it has a car with the license plate NOS numerical four A two. Interesting. Okay. Ha uh, ha. Yeah. I watched like a couple episodes. I'm like, I'm not into this, and I didn't keep watching it. But you know, it had a first season, so there you go. Yeah. And uh, Veronica Mars season. Well, it's called season one for some reason, but it's technically season four. But whatever that is, the newest Veronica Mars seasons so that's on Blu-ray now, so you can get that if you want to. Okay. Cool. That was the one that was uh, crowdfunded. No, that was the movie. This is the oh, actual show. Oh, my bad, back. my bad. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, especially stuff on Warner Archive, we have Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, the original version, not the remake that Abe loves. I um, loathe that remake. And <laughs> on Criterion this week, uh, When We Were Kings, a fantastic documentary about Muhammad Ali. That is mm-hmm. a good documentary. Yes. Yeah. Are they making another one, uh, Rumble in the Jungle? Somebody's making a documentary, Rumble in the Jungle? I wouldn't well, be surprised. Yeah, I, thought was, always... I thought it was Where's... Thriller in Manila. Or is I mean, be, oh, I, wait, I, same, I, isn't that the same thing? I think there's yes. two. That, that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that. Well, anyway. There yeah. just was one that came out from uh, Anton Fuqua directed that I really liked from a couple months ago. That was more about just Muhammad Ali in general. But but anyway, can't get enough of him. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a lot of docs. <laughs> uh, let's see, on 4K this week, the Daniel Craig 007 era films are all on 4K. And Charlie's Angels is on 4K this week. Full Throttle gets a new Blu-ray, but it's not on 4K this week. Mm, so, okay. all you fans of the Charlie's Angels movies, you can get one of them in 4K now. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Alright, new to streaming this week on Netflix, we have Steven Soderbergh's The Laundromat. I have not had a chance to watch this yet, but I really want to because I'm uh-huh. a huge Steven Soderbergh fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellie, there's a new... Um, or is it Eli? Eli. Uh, Eli. <laughs> Regardless, it's a horror film on Netflix. Got it. We'll see. Uh, Living With Yourself, this is the Paul Rudd um, series. It stars him as a guy who's kind of bored of his job and his life, and he goes to a clinic and finds out that he's been cloned. And so there's two Paul Rudds. Hey, speaking of meeting yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, would this fit as a whole? Yeah, it would. There you go. But yeah, I've watched the first two episodes of this. I, it's uh, it's pretty good. Okay. A lot of, you know, you get two Paul Rudds for the price of one, so you know that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, hey, I love Paul Rudd, so you know it's a must watch for me then. Yeah. And let's see. Um, there's another doc this week. Uh, Tell me who I am. That's on Netflix right now. And I can't exactly remember the premise, but I wrote it down because I wanted to because it sounded <laughs> really intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, let's see, Jenny Slate, colon, Stage Fright. She has a new stand-up special for Jenny Slate fans out there. And on Prime this week, Modern Love, Season 1. I believe this is an anthology series, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're Because it has, like, a huge cast, but I think it's all, like, every episode's, like, a new story. Uh, Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I was was intrigued because John Carney's involved in this. John Carney, who, of course, did Sing Street and Once, among others. Um, and yeah, you got a big cast. I think what Anne Hathaway is like one of the biggest cast members involved in this thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, as I understand it, I believe it's like a anthology show. 
Um, so yeah. And uh, all right, that's what's coming out now. Next week's show. Uh, next week, I'm hoping it comes to Abe's area and we can talk about Parasite. I really like to do an episode on Parasite. Mm-hmm. So, so Abe, let's make that happen. Okay, yeah, I will uh, <laughs> seek it out. Yeah, I, I, it should be spreading wider and wider, so I, I can hope that like works. If not, we'll figure, I mean, we'll... let's, let's yeah, like know. like a viral parasite. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if not, we'll see what happens. We'll figure something out. But yeah, that's ideally what that's what we'll be covering next week. Uh, last thing we do here, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Mark, what should people see in theaters right now? Um, I mean. If you're a fan of Maleficent or Zombieland, then you should definitely check out their sequels. Um, if Jojo Rabbit is in your theaters, you should definitely seek out that movie, though. That is an amazing film, and it just came out in select theaters this weekend, I believe. So you should definitely check that out. And I'm sure Paris, uh, Parasite actually came out what last week, so yeah. you should definitely check that out too if it's you know playing near you. Can Parasite and Jojo Rabbit are my two favorite films of the year so far, wow. behind yeah. Endgame. I mean, alongside Endgame, not behind Endgame. They're it's pretty high up there, I mm-hmm. should say. And uh, as to what I'm watching this week. Um, man, I have a lot to watch this week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so for one thing, I have not seen Joker yet. Like you, Aaron, it's been a busy couple of weeks, so it's just been really bad timing. So I'm going to purposely take a, you know, some time off from various screenings to go to a movie theater and watch it. Um, see the film that has critics thinking that's what all the fuss was about. (laughs) <laughs> i mean i mean as a comic book guy though i feel like i know it's, yes, it's, it's pretty blasphemous that i have not seen it yet so i'm going to make a concerted effort to try and watch it this week Great. um i'm seeing ford versus ferrari tomorrow which i uh cannot wait for um especially in as case i'm late <laughs> and then I am leaving work pretty late too, so I'm hoping that I get there on time. But um, I mean, I've been looking forward to this since um, I saw the trailer at CinemaCon, especially as a car and racing guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the story of Carol Shelby and Ford Motors, just like you know, going to war with Ferrari because Ferrari during the Le Mans era, um, during around that time, was just absolutely killing it so you know for the underdog to like try and go up against you know one of the giants of the motoring industry is is a fun it's a really fun story um and then lastly i have a bunch of blu-rays that i have to review and one of them i've really looking forward to which i've not seen even though it's a classic film is it's a wonderful life um yeah cool yeah um Paramount was gracious enough to send me a review copy, and I've been meaning to watch it, especially around Christmas time, but I've never gotten around to it. Now, you know, this gives me an opportunity and forces myself to actually watch it because, you know, I heard it's a really good Christmas flick, so can't yeah, wait for that. 
Just make sure to watch all of it except the last 20 minutes, and you'll feel super cool about yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michael, what do you, what you people see in theaters right now? Uh, I suggest people see what Mark said to see. <laughs> Honestly, that 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 is the god honest truth. Uh, Parasite is there's no way to describe it that that would do it justice. Honestly, it's it's such an amazing film. Uh, it just knocks it out of the park, and uh, just the aesthetics, the acting, the performances, the story, right? All the details. There's there's nothing overlooked. Um, it's, it's that amazing of a film and it's really up there um, like it could be my number one film and that's the same goes for Jojo Rabbit um, I laughed, I cried Just I went through a roller coaster of emotions in, in like the best way possible um, and it's just like how I described it um, in my in that earlier review basically it's just the best kind of kids movie, not not really a kids movie, but from a child point of view, during one of the most bleak times ever, um, and yet he finds humor and heart in it. Um, but as to yeah, um, what I will be seeing next, I'll be seeing Ford versus Ferrari tomorrow. Uh, I'm trying to sneak in some others, uh, things like Bombshell and Complete Marriage Story. So hopefully I get to see those soon. But yeah. That's what I have up for what I'm going to see. Hey. Definitely would recommend uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. And if you haven't seen those small movies that, that we just talked about, you should try and check those out. And then next is, um, well, next is a lot of things. Uh, I'm going to try and check out uh, Parasite, but also, um, yeah, if Jojo Rabbit expands closer, I might try and check that out too. Yeah, I mean, the things that we're recommending make plenty of sense parasite jody rabbit those are things you can go check and if you can find the lighthouse i'd certainly recommend that as well if you're into something a little off more offbeat and uh psychological um and next i'm seeing terminator tomorrow guys so um you know you, you guys can drive around all you want to i'm gonna go see what the dark fate holds for us all so <laughs> you're not getting star wars tickets tomorrow what? See, I'm gonna be sitting like waiting for the screening to start, watching a Star Wars trailer on my phone because I will be missing the like premiere of it on Monday Night Football. <laughs> I mean, as a football guy, you know, I, like, oh. I I love this time when uh, the Disney premieres uh, Star Wars trailers during Monday Night Football because it's like the best <laughs> of both worlds for me. Like. Like, I'm going to be on my phone, like, watching this thing with my headphones, and, like, Scott Mendelson's going to be on the floor typing on his laptop trying to put up an article before he watches it. <laughs> <laughs> pre-write, pre-write, come on. Hey, man, he I still just do that on my phone. He still has to embed it. Um, anyway. <laughs> With all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now, Theron and Abe. You can buy more of my work at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. And you can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.moo, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, we need more Pinto. Michael Lee, where can people find more of you online? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at I am Michael J. Lee. And you can find my stuff over at geeksofdoom.com or thatsitla.com. Mark Paces, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at pacmannr 7 N as in Nick, R as in Reactor 7, the number. And you can find me at um, nerdreactor.com. 
All right. Mm. You can find out the other episodes of Out Now, Theron and Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, HHWLOD. Feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Send us messages at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And, of course, there's our Instagram page, instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. Uh, Mark, Mike, thank you both for joining us this evening. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. For sure. Glad to have you guys here. Thank you for the listeners for listening. And until next week when we, uh, well, we see what, we'll see if we get ourselves attached to a parasite. But until then, so long. And goodbye. not gonna stop talking about cats like that yeah yeah and not in a good way probably not not in a good way you mark my words we're gonna walk out of a screening for cats like this movie was everything i can't believe we spoke ill of it 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 destroyed it was the best